0: The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes One Double Feature.
1: Uh, welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And we have a very exciting triple feature, very unique triple feature for you guys this week, but before we get into any of that... As always, I must ask my good friend... By the way, happy Valentine's Day. Woo! Um, though, I, I want to celebrate friendship love as well as romantic love, so... Uh, to Joey, I kind of have both of that, so... <laughs> so. You, know, you know, the, um, funny, the no. funny thing is,
0: Allison introduces you as one of my two
1: boyfriends, so... so at least i uh, I hope I'm at least, like, the more active one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the better one. <laughs> If I'm gonna if I'm gonna have this title, I want to I want to be like the best. You want to be the world champion
0: of my boyfriends.
1: Yeah, I want to be. What's who won the Super the Bowl? Kansas the City Chiefs.
0: Chiefs. You want to be the Patrick? Mahomes. I want to be
1: the Chiefs. I want to be the Patrick Mahomes at Disneyland of Joey's boyfriend.
0: Speaking of, what, did you see he had his uh, his wife his, his his I don't know if they're married. Yet, I think his his fiance and their and their two kids. The two like he's got like a little toddler and a baby. Uh, and I'm like that's so precious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, i saw the picture of them at disneyland and i was like you know what good on him he's ha- he's having fun yeah yeah but also speaking of that super bowl other than
0: that that call at the end which you probably don't know what any of this is but
1: other than that call I, I i i know there are people who are pissed about something in relation to like a some like some sort of call a referee said at, at the game is it like one of the the eagles like grabbed someone's jersey. Or yeah, something.
0: it was like a it was a whole it was like a holding call that they feel like should not have been done, and it sort of gave the Chiefs another mm-hmm. opportunity, you know. Um, th- which they probably would have kicked, tried to kick the f- going to field goal anyway. But the difference would have been that J- Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for the Eagles, would have had another opportunity um, to you know a, re- a proper opportunity, not eight like four sec eight or four seconds on the
1: clock, you know. Um but I think I saw an interview um on the news where he was where he was basically the 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 quarterback was like yeah I grabbed his jersey or something so I don't know if he's like like admitting that it was it was the right call or something I don't again I don't I know jack about football nor do I care about anything in regards Ooh. to football but yeah it's it's a thing Right
0: I mean <laughs> li- li- listen like you know uh I got to say like you know I think both it was one of those best Super Bowls I think I've seen um the score it ended up being 38-35. And it was a classic, like, in the first half, the Eagles were really dominating the game. And then the second half, like, Patrick Mahomes had four drives. He scored on all four of those drives. And, um, you know, I think they're both, like, Jalen Hurts, I got to say, like, obviously you'd rather come out of that game with the ring, but, like, I have an immense amount of respect for that guy. What a, what a quarterback. What a player, honestly. Like... Um, I I I left that game just because I, I don't watch a whole lot of Eagles games, um, you know, not that I hate the. E- I p-
1: I played, I played for the Eagles in in Pee Wee football, right? <laughs> yes,
0: um, but I was I was very impressed with Jalen, um, you know, so I I think, but I I think it w- like the Eagles really do have their quarterback of the future, um,
1: I think. All right. <sighs> rock and roll. Yes. Good, good, good for good for football. I think so,
0: I think so. Because it, because yeah. it's terrible when you get to the Super Bowl and it ends up being like a like a a boring game. Or
1: oh like, yeah, you know you don't want to watch you don't want to watch just like a normal game at the Super Bowl. You want to watch something exciting because this
0: is the season finale. But, People yeah. are like the season finale of football, and it's like yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> did you watch the season finale? Oh, did you see that? Did you see that scene? Where they threw the ball and the one guy caught it is great. Uh,
0: the, the Rihanna halftime show was good. I thought all the musical acts were really good. Um,
1: I heard she revealed she was pregnant. Yes, and and like every year, like there was all the tweets from all the all of my fellow uh, uh, apathetic football people. Uh, <laughs> well, they were like, "What's with this weird uh, f- game going on at this Rihanna concert?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like every every year it's like you know I think they did it for the weekend like that weekend concert was pretty pretty solid I guess but I don't know what was going on around it but
0: i I love the weekend
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say I did like his halftime show too but like the the the, the thing the Holloway bit was a bit disoriented yeah but mm-hmm. um the clips I've seen of of rihanna's concert was was pretty solid and there was a lot of comparisons to like star wars because like i guess she was wearing like a red outfit Mm -hmm. like the praetorian guards uh yeah (laughs) so yeah i've seen i i literally the whole time during the super bowl i was upstairs playing video games i was playing i was playing stuff so i didn't want to watch anything but i i heard i've heard good things so that's nice
0: yes um yeah
1: yeah so so how are you otherwise (laughs) <laughs> outside of the super bowl.
0: You know, it's like a day by day thing. Honestly, I'm not going to get too mm-hmm. much into it. Um yeah. you know, things seem to stabilize, but it's just, you know, just an up and down kind of thing. Um and just trying to figure it out. Trying to fi- trying to figure figure out what we're figuring out. What I'm, we're not going to I'm not going to mm-hmm. say what it is, but just like, you know. No, yeah, yeah. Like I'm okay, you know, and we're okay. It's just um you know it's just uh just yeah just folks it's important to talk about mental health uh, you know very Im- spe-
1: that's why that's why i'm on here <laughs> that's where all of my mental health conversation comes into play yeah, this
0: is this is where i come in like i get bill i i, I bill richard <laughs>
1: <laughs> but see, we bill each other because we're like each other's therapist, but then it like cancels each other out because we have the same charging rate. Though <laughs> so I've, I've thought about adding tax, so I'll, I'll let you. Know. Oh come on, man!
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing that these place these places are adding a new like credit like a credit card fee. <laughs> like now I gotta do shit. Well,
1: <laughs> but. The taxes, I guess uh, you just got to spend more time. Okay. So all right. That's all. That's fine. <laughs> I can I can try to work with that. Um, you know, but uh, other than
0: that, you know, I'm okay. Uh, I've I've gotten a couple discs in. You know, I got the oceans, the Steven Soderbergh oceans movies. I want to revisit the first one. It's been a long time, hmm. and I want to watch the other two. Um, I also got Wakanda Forever. The steel book for Wakanda Forever, uh of the of the of Namor. The
1: uh, Namor the, one. Yeah,
0: that one is is one of the coolest steel books that I own. I love it. Um I still gotta get Thor Love and Thunder on disc. It's the only one that's available like it's the only one that I don't have. Um at this point.
1: Which is surprising, because I feel like of everyone I, I I know, you're the one that liked it the most. I think it's
0: one of those things, too, where like I don't want to revisit it, because I feel like my th- opinions will be like, oh, God, what was I thinking?
1: <laughs> uh, we have no plans to talk about it on the show, but... <laughs> but other than that, uh,
0: pretty good. I also got my NECA Dracula figure, which... I've oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this thing for so long. NECA like teased it a long time ago, but I think there was like because like with all these actors like the like Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney Sr. Boris Karloff and Lugosi they all have estates where they have like the rights to the likeness of those guys, which cool. But it all but also like I was worried for a while that the Dracula figure wouldn't happen. And I love the Frankenstein monster, and I love the Wolfman. Of course, Wolfman's my favorite of those guys. But I was afraid I wouldn't get a Dracula. But I now have Dracula, and it just feels so complete. Like, I look over at my shelf, and I have Dracula in the middle. Um, the likeness is so good. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's so great. I love these, I love the monsters so much. Um, we are talking about Dracula later this year. I, I think I can say that. Uh, very excited about that episode, by the way. Um, I'm also, speaking of NECA, I'm really excited about the, the Lon Chaney senior figures that they have uh, teased slash announced. Like, the Phantom is happening, and we got, like, a London After Midnight tease, uh, which I think is pretty rad. I I do hope, NECA, if you're listening to this, please, uh, you could take, you could, I, I don't <laughs> want to get payment or anything like that. I just want this to happen. I want the Red Death, the Phantom Red Death, <laughs> as a figure. I would buy it. I know people would buy cuz that cuz Cheney's cause, listen, you know, it's so
1: great. It, NECA, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> we could we could like this episode is brought to you by NECA, who uh just released this fantastic and I I, I would be holding it even though no one could see it. I <laughs> got this amazing new thing. Here. This, <laughs> NECA, go buy it. It's it's you know, it's great. See, this is why
0: we have to start like trying to figure out how to record these video like more like a video conference. <laughs> um I'm trying to think what else. Um but also uh also speaking of NECA, like the American Werewolf in London figure <clears throat> of of the hell hellhound, oh my God. And that's one of my favorite figures
1: uh as well. Um Yeah, my uh my friend was at Target the other day and sent me a Snapchat uh video or photo of the of them and they had the American Werewolf figure there, so I was like, if I had money, yeah, <laughs> if I have money, I would probably go over there and get that.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> like expendable, like guys, like you shouldn't be, um, like people, think, oh, well, I want to grow up. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be like a really responsible like adult. No, no. what I do is I take my King Kong like <laughs> SH Monster Arts figure, have him riding the American Werewolf in London, like as like a noble <laughs> steed. This is what I do with my free time. Uh, but one more thing I, before I. Yeah. pass it off to you i know i've been talking for a while um no, you're fine. Uh, i want to give a shout out uh to double rewind real quick uh
1: i was wondering i, I was i was like i was surprised you it took you a second uh, yeah because i was like i thought he was gonna like sponsor that sponsor but like you know say give, hey go check give them a shout
0: out. i'm gonna post their link and the description uh steph and jill uh i've known them for a long time i knew them i've known them since college they're great uh, Steph writes a lot about, about movies, um, and they started a podcast, um, double rewind and, uh, Richard and I, I know Richard, you're still working on the first episode.
1: Yeah. I, I it's, it's, I, I ADHD. It's all, it's all good, <laughs> but, so, but I listened to a good chunk of it and no, it's, I love the opening music. Yeah, I love their logo. They're both very good. Yes. They talked about bridge to Terabithia, which I was like, yes. <laughs> yes and i love i love that they're like not to spoil that episode or anything but like i like how their their initial experience for like when they both like fell in love with movies was they both watched bridge of terabithia but they didn't tell the other that, like that's was the starting off point and it's like years later like are you kidding me so i, I thought that was cool
0: see yeah. this is why they're they're cooler uh, than i am because my launching off point for cinema was the master of disguise yeah <laughs> But it makes sense. Sadly, it does. It explains this whole, <laughs> whole endeavor. But their show is great. They talked about the first Mission Impossible on their episode because Jill had never seen it. I think it's sort of the theme of the show is exploring things that they haven't checked out yet, or one of the other hasn't checked mm-hmm. out. So uh, double rewind. Steph and Jill, definitely check it out. Um, Richard, yes. how are you doing, though, more importantly than
1: what uh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> you, Listen, we're as important as each other. Yeah, you know, I probably think about what's going on with you more than I think about what's going on with myself. Anyway, Bruh. mostly because I see it and I experience it, and I'm like, "Well, there it is." <laughs> <laughs> no, um, oddly, like I've, t- I think I mentioned this in the last episode. I've, I feel like I've been in better spirits the last couple of months, which is, which is different. Um, but it's nice. Um, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of gone down a little bit. But you know, I feel like that's mostly just normal. Um. I'm just more neutral, I guess, at this point. But uh, I feel like I've been in better spirits. Um, I feel like it's also probably because, like you know, holiday blues and uh, sort of ending, and then like you get this rush of like, oh, you know, like I don't know. The oh, I- I'm just letting, <laughs> like oh, okay, I'm 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 enjoying this. Um, so I'm just taking I'm just taking it one day at a time it's uh, <laughs> the best I could do any, at any given time um, just been working a lot playing games I've been playing uh, Dead Space which I've never played before um, and that uh, that got a remake and uh, is, so far it's really good though it's it's like any horror game it's really stressful cause like you're just going around like narrow corridors trying to get attacked by like these they're monsters they're, they're called Necromorphs I think um <laughs> Yeah. Um, and like they have giant claws for arms and like they have little like arms coming out of their stomach or whatever. It's a whole, I, I don't want, it's gross. <laughs> um, but I've been doing that. I've been watching last of us on HBO, which is really good, but also I'm, I played the game and I actually got the remake of that as well. Um, which is also very good. They did a really good job updating that and, uh, just, you know, making it modern and, Giving new designs for everybody and whatnot, but uh, do you
0: think I should get uh, the Last of Us game because I have a PS5? Yes,
1: yes. Oh my god, like it's it is very different from the show. Sure. Like how like you've watched one, one. episode. <laughs> one. <laughs> I yeah. like
0: it so far. Yeah. I just need to have the time to watch the others.
1: Yeah, I I've actually played through uh the the game like three or four times now because mm-hmm. it's just it's just compelling and. The gameplay is amazing, um, and you know, the more you play it, you get like you can unlock stuff and like you can play it differently. Um, and no, it's it's a lot of fun. I have never actually played the second one, so I, I might get around to that at some point. But I've been watching the show. I watched the show with my friend Cameron, and uh, uh, we didn't watch the most recent one together because they aired it on Friday because the Super Bowl, and he was at work. So I was like, it's you know, it's what it was. Um, but the most recent episode was like so far like one episode has really been the only episode that was like episode 3 was the only episode that hasn't really been like the game but like for the better honestly mm. um which episode 3 if you've, if you've is probably one of the best episodes of television i've ever seen um but everything else has been pretty accurate. So the most recent episode, uh, they introduced some characters. And I was like, oh no, something's going to happen. I already know what's going to happen. Are they going to stick to the game? Um, I won't say much more. But yeah, like, it's... what's. I was talking to Allie the other day. Because she watches Last of Us as well. Shout out to Allie. Um, and we were... I was talking about like how rare... How, it's sort of weird how I... Because most of my experiences uh for like books or games or anything um typically come from their adaptations so like like i'm a big batman fan but that all started with the 89 batman movie yeah whereas when i when i got older is when i started reading the comics so now they make batman movies i have comics to base off of that and how i feel about them um whereas whereas usually like like if i watch like I don't know. Like we were talking about Hunger Games not long ago. Like like when I watch those movies, I've never read the book, so like the extent of my Hunger Games experience is just the movies. So it's it's definitely interesting, especially when it's something that sticks pretty close to the source material. It's it's pretty. It's always wild to watch someone else interpret something that you're familiar with or at least a new interpretation of something and so far and they actually got the guy who created the game to also help create the show so that's pretty cool so i've been enjoying that um i i finally watched a couple of 2022 movies so there's still a couple of them that i haven't seen mm-hmm. like you mentioned you mentioned uh wakanda forever i finally watched them. oh boy oh waiki is sending me a message on Twitter, Wikey, I love you, but I'm recording a podcast right now.
0: <laughs> Honestly, he should he should know better. Come on.
1: He's such a diva.
0: <laughs> he is
1: That's a callback to another episode. <laughs> he is such a
0: difficult, difficult human being.
1: Way, I love you.
0: <laughs> I, I I am also
1: fond of you, Wike. I I love you romantically, Wikey. Uh, sorry, Taylor. Excuse okay. me. <laughs> Oh, sorry Joey as well. My bad. Um <laughs> He's staring at me right now. Damn right <laughs> I'm staring. Listen, it's it's all physical with This You slut <laughs> Damn right I should have known better but Oh my gosh. Um hi Wykey. <laughs> Do it um uh anyway so um i watched wakanda forever finally um that one like because i remember when you watched it in theaters and you were telling me about it because like i was just like listen it's probably going to be in theaters for a second just tell me everything (laughs) and so you told me essentially everything that happens in the movie and i forgot most of it thankfully oh good so nice (laughs) so when i was watching the movie i was like I, I remember like oh yeah this or oh yeah that, but like most thankfully because enough time had passed um I was like oh yeah I totally forgot he told me about this <laughs> uh, so do you want me to do that so with that uh, Quantumania Mania uh, when I see that yeah, no <laughs> like that like that one I'm just like I don't care <laughs> like it's it's funny because like that one's getting like negative reviews like on on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever It's like oh my god it's the next Rotten marvel movie and i'm like normally that would make me more excited because that's what made me excited for eternals and why i loved eternal outside of it's it it's what got me to eternals but i loved eternals on its own um but as far as as far as quantum mania is concerned like i just didn't care about the first two enough anyway to even want to watch the new one but i'm excited for jonathan majors because i love jonathan majors dearly um so i hope i hope everything works out for him um Cause i've heard he is the best part of the movie thus from so which is understandable um but yeah so i watched wakanda forever it was it was better than i expected it to be but also like it's i was telling joey this like my my most common complaint about every marvel movie now is just that it would be better if it wasn't a marvel movie <laughs> You want to like, elaborate I I, what
0: you mean by that? Just that way we don't get people, yeah. you know. Because I, 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 like, I remember, I, I think ah! I want to let you because I think you've described it to me, but I want to let you mm. defend yourself.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I need to. Not that defend yourself,
0: anyway. but you, you know, what I
1: mean. <laughs> yeah. But um, what I mean by that is, like, I like we talked about Doctor Strange, for instance, or we talked about um, Shang Chi. Both I. It enjoyed immensely. You know, Shang Chi especially was really, really good. But the thing was, I feel like these movies are held back by the Marvel Studio system in that they have, they have, they have a plan. You know, like Kevin Feige has a plan um, because he wants to build out a whole universe, and that's just the general nature that you have to have you know, certain things happen in each movie in order to, like, lead up to that big universe thing, which is why, like, some directors even said, nah, I can't do that, because I want to really put my all of myself into this movie. And sometimes they get that opportunity, like, James Gunn gets to really let loose on the Guardians movies, because, in truth, outside of those two Avengers movies they were in, the Guardians don't have much connection um, to the greater MCU, or the, the Thor movie. But um, at the end of the day, like, you know, James Gunn can go and make his Guardians movies, and they literally... He'll probably get like one note, like, "Oh, we'll need an Infinity Stone in the first movie, maybe a Thanos appearance, but other than that, like, do what you want."
0: Especially Guardians Two,
1: yeah. Like Guardians Two is like is is basically like all James Gunn. I feel like, um, and that's not to say that you know, obviously, because movies are collaboration, so you know, uh, several different factors are going to come into play, and that's just the ultimate nature of movies in general. But um, because Marvel has such a plan like, and they have to do X, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, um, the directors feel like they don't get to really let loose as much as maybe they claim to in interviews and whatnot. Um, now again, I don't work, I don't work in the Marvel system. I don't know how they do all that stuff. It's just, it's just, it feels like common sense that this is how it would play out. You know, you can make the movie you want, but you need to do this, this, and this, which is, is like anything really. But, I feel like because a lot of these filmmakers are held back by the fact that they're Marvel Studios films and they have to do all these different things, they don't get to really tell the stories that they want to tell necessarily. So like, you know, I see Wakanda forever and it's a moving story about grief and loss because obviously they lost Chadwick Boseman. May he rest in peace. And, um, like those are the moments in the film that were super super impactful to me cuz like they they made some odd choices but they clearly wanted to to express their grief and it was like a, it was like a therapeutic session like Ryan Coogler and not just Ryan Coogler but like the crew the cast everybody who was making that movie like were so close with Chadwick and they and this movie in many ways felt like it was supposed to be a dedication to that so and they and they achieved that mostly but then also marvel's like we need to set up Ironheart, we need to continue the thunderbolts connection have julie we Dreyfus show up we need to do all these different things um and like it kind of muddles things a little bit like like i i thought the, the the actor that played riri williams was very good fantastic i just thought i just thought the character didn't amount to much other than hey look who it is Mm. And so, but that's just been, like, my common complaint is I feel like the movies would be better if they weren't, like, a part of a connected universe, I guess, to be more specific.
0: I I think that's kind of why, I mean, again, some of these movies are not very good. But in a sense why I kind of miss some of those 2000, like, early aughts superhero movies. Because they were very much, like, the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies were very much those like it was spider-man like yeah spider-man 3 got a little crazy with sony intervening but even even then i'm like it's still focused on spider-man's issues and that thing whereas now it almost feels like Mm -hmm. now we're it's like checklist mode right are what easter egg are we gonna get and again there could be fun in that i know you and i have some fun with with that too you know we like Mm -hmm. there's marvel we've talked about some marvel movies guys we don't
1: we don't hate the whole enterprise. Yeah, we've talked about a lot of <laughs> them. Quite a few, um, but like it, it was. Kind of, we have we are like our next episode has a Marvel it movie. It does. Fun fact. It
0: does. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of one of those things where I kind of. I kind of just like the idea of, like, these are just, like, a movie, right? Like, oh, like, the Fantastic yeah. Four movie was just... Okay, not the best movie ever. Michael is The Thing is fantastic. That well-cast <laughs> movie, but, like, it was just a movie, right? You just saw it. Now it's, yeah. like, an episode of an, a really giant... Like, another thing, I haven't watched it, any of the Marvel stuff, like, on, on Disney Plus in a while. Not that I have, like, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Like, I watched, like, an episode of Miss Marvel, um the kid the girl who plays um you know uh miss marvel. marvel is fantastic on that show mm-hmm. um i haven't watched she hulk i just i'm like I, I have. there's only so much so many hours in the day that i have especially lately mm-hmm. you know especially when we were doing a triple feature on alien invasions guys like
1: <laughs> like we got we we got we got some things to achieve here okay
0: <laughs> we got we got a lot of goals a lot of goals um but ultimately it's kind of like you know people like because i think about i do think about sometimes like i think about like ant-man one in certain respects like what mm-hmm. if you put ant-man one in the 2000s people would be praising that as like the greatest comic book movie ever made i feel like
1: and maybe if Edgar Wright got to stay, that, and not to bring that whole yeah. scenario mm-hmm. up,
0: but... I think Edgar Wright would be more likely to do an Ant-Man movie if it was just, like... Okay, it was, like, an Ant-Man series. Like, it didn't yeah. have anything to do with, like, other shenanigans and whatnot. Um, you know... And again, there's a number of Marvel movies we like. We're talking about a Marvel movie next time
1: this podcast uh, reconvenes. Yeah, so... You know. It's it's just it's just I think the the, the and gen- and I, and not just even Marvel movies, like I, I feel like that in, in some respects to like some of the DC movies yeah, as well. Like, yeah. You know, like like I, I, I was I was watching Black Adam the other day and I was like this is all just st- Dwayne Johnson stroking his own ego. <laughs> like, like I like listen, if Dwayne Johnson was truly committed to playing Black Adam, not to like harp on this he would have had a, a funny widow's peak wig on over oh, his bald head, which would have been amazing. Which would have been fantastic, and he would have pulled the 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 classic like amazing because like because I, I was also watching like the early Batman movies. They get amazing actors to play these characters. Yeah, like the, like Jack Nicholson like Jack Nicholson, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger, him. Like like the other big muscly, ego driven star power action star played a Batman villain. A supporting character in a bat. Yes, he got top billing like Jack Nicholson, but even so, he was a side character in a Batman movie. Yes. (laughs) Like if if Dwayne Johnson really really cared about that, he would have been in Shazam. Yeah. He would have had a widow's peak wig, and everything he did in Black Adam would have just been in Shazam. I like. Listen, I love. I thought Mark Strong was great in Shazam, but at the same time, like he could have had. Dwayne Johnson or at least, in that as well. We c-
0: tease it a bit more, you know. Yeah. Like, because, like, again, I think not having, because, you, you know, you want to spend your load too early, you know, like, bring him yeah. in, bring him in the second movie and, like, have a boost for that. But, again, this is just our opinions, um, you know, and. They're,
1: n- they're our own, the, as we say, as at we top say of every show.
0: As we say at the top of our show, you know, that's
1: just how it is. Um, anything else you want to talk um, about? There is one other movie I wanted to talk about, if that's okay. Go for it. I know it it, it will actually segue into our first feature. All right. Um, So the other movie I watched was a much different experience. I will say I did like Wakanda Forever, ultimately. I will put that out there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it looks amazing on 4K, which is rare for Disney, so I'm going to throw that out there as well. Um, I think they're getting better, honestly. Um, The Fablements. Mmm i finally watched that one um jesus christ <laughs> oh my god um that one you know how okay you know how you feel about onward yes that's me with the Fablemans. holy shit <laughs> <laughs> like like not to not to a, a, as an exact extent because like my family my parents never divorced or you know anything like that but it is a movie about a young kid who fell, falls in love with movies and wants to have a sense of control over uh, an uncontrollable world, especially an uncontrollable situation going on in a dysfunctional family. Not to harp too much onto that, but that's me in a nutshell. And I found I found the movie ridiculously relatable to a point where, like, I there's moments like I am in I, I was literally in tears several times throughout the movie you know, like, because like, I, I saw I saw so much of things in the movie that I've seen with my own life on various occasions, and and also just that idea of, like, you know, again, having, because, like, for me, m- movies is, is, is in many ways, like, an escape of, like, the reality of life, which I, I imagine is something that Steven Spielberg probably can relate to to an extent as well, but, like, also that idea of of control of of you know a situation because like life is a series of uncontrollable events good and bad and and you can't always do something about it you want to you want to fix everything but you can't and so in a way like when when I feel like part of the creative effort of doing anything like making videos like I've done or the short films I've done or making a podcast with you, like there's that sense of control of wanting to take a scenario and change it and, or, or, or anything like that. And I, I, I looked at that in the film and I thought that's, that's me. <laughs> like that, that, that struck a chord so much that it was just like, it, it it became harder to watch but all, but but that doesn't mean the movie was the movie was incredible like like this is clearly like similar to, to Wakanda Forever with Ryan Coogler and everybody this was an incredibly personal and important story it seemed like for Steven Spielberg to want to tell like you know I know for a lot of people they're looking at the movie like oh he's just being self-indulgent or oh he's you know it's like no he's he he's trying to he's trying to tell a story that he could like he's told in pieces like in in our next movie in our first movie he's told that story in pieces throughout his entire career and he this is the first time he's really got to like unleash it all and and really truly get personal with it and i have nothing but immense respect for him and it's also just a reminder that listen steven spielberg and we'll, talk, we'll reiterate this as well. Steven Spielberg is one of, if not the greatest. Like, the GOAT, for sure.
0: Especially as far as, like, Hollywood films are 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 concerned. Yeah. Not to have a sound like, uh, be Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood, which we tend to be. But he, like, it really, like, people, I think, you're right, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, like, people sort of no, no, take him for granted when you really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think about West Side Story. Like, it, it's, like, it's his best... What? Say, Fablemans is his best movie since West Side
1: Story. <laughs> like, think about that. Oh and no one saw either movie until it got, like, awards buzz. I
0: saw it in theaters, and then I got sick. <laughs> I, saw, um, <laughs> I, I saw Fablemans in theaters. Um, actually, a bigger crowd than I was expecting, so... Um, that's good. That, that was That's good. I and that was um I didn't ha- I'm I'm thank you for sharing your experience uh with this movie. I definitely got emotional mm-hmm. just from a general like movie movie making sense and just how well the story was told. Mm-hmm. I mean that whole cast is is fantastic. Um Gabriel Label as Sammy Fableman. So good. So good. Michelle Williams of course, uh Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Is it, is it Dan- Dan- Dano.
1: I th- I, yeah, I think that's how he it right, that's So fine. I know I know I know we said something different in the Batman episode so I want to <laughs> So it. <Dano. Okay. laughs> Paul All Dano. Right. Paul yeah. Dano
0: is uh really good is really great. Uh, David Lynch uh
1: the- <laughs> <laughs> Where's the horizon? If it's at the top of the screen, it's interesting. The, the best. If it's at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> the it's interesting. The, the best. If it's in the middle, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. I
0: I you were doing it <laughs> so well, and if, I was.
1: If it's in the middle, it's boring as shit. <laughs> <sighs> and then, then the camera moves. is that what you're gonna talk no, about? No,
0: I was ta- I was talking about like um like when like uh, Sammy Fableman's in like um John Ford's office, and you hear the Searchers' music which is so great. Great piece of music with Max Steiner. And then there's a record scratch that
1: <laughs> I just love that he walks into the room and he's got lipstick all over his face. Yes. Yes. And then, and then, and then the assistant like walks up with a tissue like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but this does transition beautifully into our next film because in some ways mm-hmm. I feel like this, I feel like in a lot of ways this connects with the Fablemans more than almost any other movie, or more than a lot of his movies, I would say.
1: This this is, this, I mean, listen, there's, <clears throat> you can go through like a lot of his filmography and you'll see the theme of dysfunctional family mm-hmm. and broken family right. as a very common thread, um, but in this one especially, it's at the forefront. Yeah. Um, Joey, what is the Spielberg movie we're talking about today? Thirty-six minutes in. Thirty-six <laughs> minutes in. Uh, no, I,
0: I don't want to report it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, how, how would you how would you describe it, Richard? There is only one way to describe this movie. There is only one way. You know, it is close encounters of the third kind.
1: What are the first two?
0: Well, let me double check that
1: because I actually forgot. <laughs> I, I think it's like well, I I I I okay I, before you trick I'm going to see if I can guess it because okay. I think I remember it. All right. Um the first uh contact no the first the first um close encounter is just witnessing it.
0: See sighting UFO sighting that's good. Yep.
1: The second one fuck what is the second one? Cuz the third one's like talking
0: like act communication. Is con is contact. Um yeah. Is third one's contact. Um
1: the second one... Uh, 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 Cr- milk of the Cow. Crime Scene. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> we are milking this gag far too long.
2: <laughs> this
1: is... Um, got milk? This is inappropriate. <laughs> this, this, is this is inappropriate. Physical evidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense.
0: Physical evidence. So, sighting <laughs> of UFO. I was going to
1: say money at
0: first. Like, what is... <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, money? what does Batman need to solve crimes? The
1: Batmobile
0: files. <laughs> He's a detective. What does he need? <laughs> a Magnifying, magnifying glass? glass. Fuck!
2: <laughs> <laughs> he needs gadgets
0: and a brain. He needs... He needs... The Joker annoying his
1: ass. <laughs> Musical with Lady Gaga. That's what he needs. <sighs> Okay.
0: <clears throat> Close Encounters of the Close Third encounters. Kind. Okay, now listen. I'm going to talk about my experience with this movie. Um, mm. I remember, I always remember the poster. But also I remember, you know, as a kid, go- I talked about this. Going to my uncle's place. Uh, on the, on like Sundays, you know, watching movies thing I've seen things like Superman, the Indiana Jones movies, Star Wars, Jurassic Park because of him. I also saw this mm-hmm. movie, which um as a kid, I only watched once because if you are a young child, it's not I mean, there are some great parts in this, but it's not exactly like like when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's such a captivating movie from start to finish. Even in the stuff that's not action, you can like tolerate it because it doesn't yeah. last very long. The rest of it, it almost—I don't want to say it's exactly was like almost like Fury Road, where it's like action set piece after action set piece. Like mm-hmm. it thrills you. It thrills you, right? But when you're a kid, yeah. when you're a kid watching Close Encounters, at least for me, anyway, it was boring. It was dull.
1: You know, I find so funny about that too, because I feel like I, I would have, because I didn't watch this when I was a kid, but I feel like I would have been a similar in a similar mindset, right? Because, um, like, you know, we, we t- when we talk about Spielberg in his early career, it's usually like you know he's this guy with a childlike wonder. He does movies like Jaws and Close Encounters, E. T. And like I think in E. T. Especially, and in, and to a, to another extent, Jaws. You know, that childlike wonder is very, very, very much there. And then. um in sort of like the late eighties nineties, he has a transitional period where he has a kid and he's like, I want to tell more adult stories. I want to be a bit more grown up." So he does like Schindler's list. He does color purple. And then like, it's so funny. Cause like as a kid, you know, I think of tiny tunes and freakazoid mm-hmm. and all those cartoons that I watched that Spielberg produced. And, uh, and then of course Jurassic park is still a huge part of, of my life and yours as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause we love those movies that especially that first one dearly. Yes. Um, and so it's it's so crazy to think that this movie, which feels like it is from a more grown up perspective, is from that sort of period that we when we describe it as like the more childlike uh approach to Spielberg's career versus um you know something like Jurassic Park, which feels like it could have been like an early Spielberg movie um but it's in that sort of transitional period because he did Schindler's list right after, yeah, I always love this, which is kind, it's kind of wild, yeah. I always love
0: the story where he talks about, like, after he did, like, pr- after he shot a day of, like, Schindler's List, he would listen to the cassette tapes that John Williams would send him of, like, the Jurassic music. <laughs> and just, like, the the, just the tonal, like, shift. Like, yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about, like, why he's one of, like, the greatest Hollywood filmmaker,
1: Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> I, Literally. Like... like <laughs> And like even and the funny like even before he did Jurassic Park, he did Hook, which you know I watched that recently. And Hook, you know, it might not have been like the best movie he's ever done, but there's still that like magic.
0: Yes, and I feel like if so, it, almost any other like any other this guy made that movie, that'd be like their best movie <laughs> for Spielberg. Yeah. Spielberg, it's like it's another <laughs> another day at the office for Mr. Spielberg.
1: It's a, it's another day at the office for Spielberg. Like I didn't feel confident making it. I'm like. Listen, dude, you still did an amazing job making this, this, this movie. So the, the, these were your leftovers. <laughs> like, 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 you go into the fridge and you see like his leftovers, but it's just like a beautiful chocolate cake. It's a gourmet, and it's feast. still warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, this like bird that's still warm. It's still cooked well. And you are like, this is your leftovers? Yeah, um, I just put them in the fridge. But going, Damn.
0: but going back to Close Encounters, um, mm-hmm. it, it it's I, I revisited a couple a uh, couple years ago when i got the 4k which is one of my favorite 4k's by the way and you got it on 4k recently as well
1: i'm rubbing it on the microphone mm. yes <laughs> <clears throat>
0: um but it was a movie where i watched it as um as a 20 as a somebody in my late 20s and i went oh my god this uh this this really speaks to me and it the awe and wonder of this thing is astonishing, and I would love to see this on the big screen. Um, the basic gist of this story, you know, um, as Mike calls them, space aliens. There's UFOs, <laughs> not instead of space aliens, he calls them space Allens Sometimes, <laughs> good old <laughs> space aliens. Space aliens. Allen um, Wrench? No, space space aliens. Um, so basically, like all over the world, uh, there have been like ufo sightings there have been these mysterious occurrences that have been have been going on um uh, something's fishy something fishy is happening and you know there's a couple like plot lines but one of the main ones uh deals with you know richard dreyfus <laughs> returnee on our program um who you know he what would you he say he's like he's like um he's like part of like the power
1: company like like the I- I guess he's like a repairman. Yeah, he works. He, he has a he has like a power line truck, yeah, setup thing, and he says turkey, turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got that going. For where him. corn road is? <laughs> do you know where I can find? What does he say? What you know
0: Is it corn road? I got to find the line now. <laughs> it's gonna bother me so much.
1: It's, it's it's Joey's favorite line in the whole thing because it leads to turkey. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point when Joey goes on his computer. Can you tell me where cornbread stuff? is? Turkey <laughs> <laughs> Um but <laughs> No 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 we gotta we gotta do the lot we gotta do the whole thing justice. So I'm gonna drive, so I'm driving, here we go. Da-da-da-da. And you're parked in the middle of the road. You're in the middle of the road, asshole Can you tell me where, tell me where
0: cornbread is? Turkey <laughs> There you go. Alright. Okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad we <laughs> satisfied that. But Anyway, in case you're still listening to this um, and not completely <laughs> irritated by us, um, so he he works as a power you know power guy. So he's just go out because power's going out all over the place, mm. and he has an encounter uh, with a UFO. He gets sunburned, and he
1: gets he gets two faced. He gets he gets two faced. Half, half, half his face gets sunburned. Half his
0: face is sunburned, um, and he becomes obsessed. He, uh, he, he,
1: he, can't... he's, he's, he's one of many people that are like r- super focused on it. Cause they can't stop seeing like specific images Yes, from these encounters.
0: Um, there's, al- there's also, um, there's also, um, uh, Mo- um, what's her face? Why am I forgetting her name? Melinda, Melinda Dillon. Um, Dillon. Yeah. yeah. May she rest in peace by the way. um, she uh, she's a s- separate f- family. Her son, uh, there's weird shenanigans like that. His toys are coming to life, <laughs> and he looks like a space alien. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: That was my that was my <laughs> big, like, that was my big minute. takeaway. I was like, how do we know this kid's really human? <laughs> like, how do I don't believe it? it. Like this is a this is a Men in Black situation. We- I need Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I need him to come here and look at this kid and be like, yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so she obviously has uh has, has some interaction with the situation and then we have Lacombe played by uh Francois Truffaut um 400 blows who is like 400 400 blows so many iconic movies um but it makes sense that for our show this is the first time we're probably mentioned his name Um, (laughs) uh, he's a French government scientist according to Wikipedia I believe it (laughs) because he is is a French government scientist (laughs) yes yes Um, you know but I really love him in this in this movie but also it's another connection with the Fablemans because if you had a a famous director cast uh, as a character he's a pretty significant supporting character um you know, so I would say in some ways, like like your three, lead, you got you know, Richard Dreyfus, Melinda D- uh, Dillon, and uh, Francois Truffaut. Cause, you know, because he's investigating yeah. this from all all different corners of the world. And those are some of my favorite scenes in this movie. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, it really feels like a, sorry, yeah, uh, go ahead. I was to say, like, I feel like that whole opening scene of the movie, like, not only is it a really good scene, but I think it fully encapsulates the entire point. Of the movie. Yes. Because, absolutely. Because, so like, like you were saying, like each of these characters are sort of experiencing these encounters, these close encounters in different ways. You know, you got Richard Dreyfus and his whole thing with his family and and how, like, this encounter sort of consumed his whole existence to the point where he, like, starts stealing stuff from his neighbor just to build a monument because it's in his head. Or, like, um, Linda Dillon. drawing pictures and putting them on the wall and her, and her kid constantly running away. Um, and then Francois Truffaut, uh, Lacombe, uh, he's, uh, he speaks French. That's his native language, just like in real life. And they need a translator. And, uh, this is the best French person that's been on the show. (laughs) Um, Um, but like the whole opening of the scene is essentially them trying to talk to each other yes because like you have um uh francois truffaut you have the the other dudes they're in the desert they can't see shit because yeah and they're trying to figure out what's going on because they find these planes from like world war Two or world war one which was it which one which one of the wars i think it was
0: it was world war it was world war
1: Two. world war Two, um and they find that they're perfectly intact and they're yes. just sitting there in the desert and so they're all trying to communicate this stuff to everybody. And there's like at least two or three people who speak different languages and they find, and they couldn't even find a proper translator, but they find like a cartographer or whatever. Like the, is it like the map guy or something? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Who speaks French. So he's able to talk to Truffaut, uh, to look home, Bob Balaban. And, uh, essentially like it's, it's crazy to watch that first scene because it is essentially the point of the movie is communication. It's like, and language like you know language talking to each other because like that's the ultimate you know thing that divides a lot of us to on one hand is that we all speak different languages but that doesn't mean we can't talk to each other yeah and so there's always a way to do that and so obviously that perfectly sets up in many ways what how the movie ends and how they sort of are finally able to talk to the aliens but yeah like I just I, I was thinking about because I was re-watching the movie when I got my the upgraded disc on 4K, and I was watching that opening scene, and I was like, "This movie, this this whole opening scene just tells you point blank what this movie's about, without without like you know spelling it out, you know, not like telling you this movie is about communication. It's literally about, you know, it just shows it to you. Like you have all these different characters trying to talk to each other about this one incident.
0: That is a great that is a great scene. I'm also thinking about the scene where they're in India, and they're and they're all humming the. Da 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 da. And, he does, like, the, and the hand the, I love thing. it when they're the hand thing, but also I love when they're like, Where did you where did you see it? And they all point up. It's just such a wonderful, just um stark like yup <laughs> that's uh that communicates it. Uh-oh. And I just love also the idea, like they're these scientists and they have to d- use all these different things, but also they're like, We need a globe <laughs> at one point, because they need the latitude because they're discovered like, oh, we need latitude-longitude for this and so they um, they have to do that. But I think one of the great things about this movie, I think, is it it really captures like just the 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 sheer mystery of like extraterrestrial life and space and UFOs. Like I love the scene in the beginning where they're at the air con- air control uh, center. Uh, the guy who looked like Morgan Freeman <laughs> or <laughs> that, made made that, us that, think that, about Morgan Freeman. He
1: had such a like Morgan Freeman voice. He was so good. Yeah. Yes. That yes. guy should also um, narrate. But guys. I love
0: <laughs> Yes, I agree. Um, but, like, he was talking to the... Like, like hey, you want to report this? Like, yeah, I don't know how, how to report that. Uh, what do we classify this as? <clears throat> and I love they're like... like, And it sounds so genuine. Like guys, like, it was, was kind of brilliant. Uh, you know? Um, I, I think it's one of those things where, like, it does have, like, the sheer awe and wonder of it, but it also feels like a, a somewhat realistic mm-hmm. approach to, like, okay, what if we did... Um, you know somewhat realistic slash optimistic <laughs> approach to encounter so tr-
1: different than normal because like we had a whole episode with alien invasion movies where the aliens were yes, the bad guys right. mm-hmm. and this movie is like the antithesis of that yes so like on, yes. To, to expand on your note a little bit because like i i agree that i think the 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 sort of mysterious aspect is is what really sort of keeps that wonder intact And also, just like because the whole movie is from the humans' perspective, and you have again these three separate groups. You have um, you have the scientists who are trying to communicate uh, what the experience is. You know what they're trying to. You know how how they want to approach this whole phenomenon, and then you have Richard Dreyfuss who and uh, Melinda Dillon who literally have the image like the specific image in their head of uh what's it the devil's tower that mountain which is yes. a natural mm-hmm. actual thing which is really cool. Um we gotta try to visit I would, that. I would, I would totally <laughs> visit <laughs> it. Should we do a whole episode so, like s- trip. we're in front of this mountain. No one's told us to leave, so we're gonna record. <laughs> um, um, but like they, they, they have yeah. this image in their head of Devil's Tower. They don't know how to explain it because they don't know what it means or what it even is. So you have, you have scenes like, like Dreyfus scaring his family when he starts turning his mashed potatoes into it. And then like, um, even after that, like he, he's going, uh, to the neighbors. Like I was mentioning earlier, he's going to the neighbor's house and he's, he's stealing weeds from his own yard. He's stealing chicken wire, uh, like from his neighbor's house. Uh, he's throwing trash cans into the house, like, you know, and, uh, And then, like Melinda Dillon, though we don't see it, we see the aftermath of it. Like she's drawing all these images of the the actual thing, and and the sort of I think the key difference with her experience is that she's more terrified a little bit because like her, especially because her son gets abducted but also
0: I think her scenes definitely do play out more like a horror movie. Yeah. Like when she's trying to close up all like the, the different, like the windows and the coverings of, of the house, like the screws are turning mm-hmm. in the, um, in like the air vents. And it, that is a, such a great, like effect, like really scary. scene. Yeah.
1: like it, it, it sort of made me think of poltergeist, which is funny. Cause like, there's that, there's that whole, you know, rumor that Spielberg actually directed that, but I'm not going to dive into that. Um, but uh like it was it's like truly like unnerving just to have that moment and then the kid you know is taken away and like the like, you see like the clouds or whatever and you see the sky and it's just like yeah. you see the lights coming in through the doors when the door opens <sighs> just a
0: yes uh but melinda dillon is so great uh so great in this movie uh <laughs> I think we were talking about christmas story before the program <laughs> Yeah, she's so good in that movie too um you know but i think she plays this part so this part so well um just like it just feels like a real person <laughs> like 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 just the shock of losing your kid to aliens for one yeah. and also and just then, like trying to deal with this
1: like the part when she's like being bombarded by by reporters like yeah her like, the fuck oh, alone yeah. her kid's gone like i know you want a story but fuck you yeah <laughs> <laughs> get away! <laughs> she's she's freaking out already. This isn't helping. Oh my god! that's oh, that's why that's why. Like, yeah, I understand. You got to report the news. You want to be accurate, but don't nag people. Yeah, don't nag people. Yeah.
0: Um, but I I do want to focus a bit more on on Dreyfus's story because this is really where like the broken family mm-hmm. yeah. um element comes in. Um, you know, you get the sense he's got a pretty dec- he's got a decent enough job. They got a nice the ha- decent house. You know, but there's clearly tension uh there yeah.
1: like, um the bit when he yells at his kid like <laughs> like you're like what's what is he like the kid keeps banging the doll on the crib or whatever and <laughs> yeah. he's like like you're 10 <laughs> seconds away from death or something I forget what he said
0: the, the best one of the bet my favorite ones i'm gonna read this just because the delivery the, the way it is is so funny oh uh, who wants to see some gar- cartoon rated g for kids how old are you eight you want to be nine yeah <laughs> Well, then you're going to see <laughs> Pinocchio tomorrow night.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> I I would be that dad. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> I feel like I would have I would say that. I feel like I see, I hear that line. And I'm like, I wouldn't mean it, but I would. say Um,
0: but it was it Terry Garb? Right, she plays the um plays his wife. Another returnee on another the another show. Another attorney on the show. She's very good in this. She was
1: on Young Frankenstein. Yes.
0: Um, and obviously, like things are strained, and then after. His his encounter his close encounter, um, you know, it, it, things get mo- worse because he is hyper fixated. Obviously,
1: and he literally stops talking to his family. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, 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 yeah. He gets hyper fixated. He's he's building devil's tower p- mashed potatoes.
0: I, and there's but there are parts too where he does he does realize that, and there are parts where he he's like I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, please, you know all that but like after a while like you can't and it's almost like like it's like um like a metaphor for like being an artist and i think somebody said this too like it's like it was spielberg's fear of having a family because like it's a movie where you're like oh god like i want to have these all these brilliant artistic pursuits all these adventures and stuff but then i have like this family uh you know and i would go off like into the stars and all that and it's like uh-oh and then, like, the family gets abandoned pretty quickly. Like, as yeah, far as like. like
1: <laughs> and they never come back. <laughs> they never come
0: back. Um,
1: and Richard Dreyfus goes with the aliens. At which. The end.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a weird afterthought, but I think still emotionally it works for me just because, like, it is. Like, that the, the stuff with the UFOs and the aliens to me is, I think, some of my favorite, like, just alien stuff um, in general. I definitely want to talk about the um, effects real quick because they are incredible. I think they are some of the best visual effects ever. And part of the reason for that, you know why the reason Tell I, I might have told you that. so Doug, Douglas Trumbull uh was in charge of the the visual effects um on this movie. And um you know, they shot um they shot the special effects and stuff on 70mm, which is a higher higher quality than 35 millimeter yeah so when you when they match them up it looks pretty seamless for for mo- for the most part when you when I watch those um, UFOs just flying all over the place I'm like how the hell did they and this was also released mm. in 70, 77, the same year as Star Wars so you're like
1: oh man like like what is this it's it's funny that it's funny to like think about because like say for a few examples like i can't think of like any modern movie outside because i I will say avatar 2 is in that in the ballpark for this but it's like it's hard to really you know have a movie anymore these days that you're just like whoa (laughs) because we're so desensitized with everything and like and so it's hard to really feel like that anymore Um, thank you, Avatar, for doing that. Uh, (laughs) That was nice. Um, but no, like, because like, ultimately, like, if you want to just get like, like, super rational with it, it's like it's like potentially geometric shapes with Christmas lights on them. But that's that's like that's minimalized. That's like making it seem like significantly less than it is because when you see it, you're like, whoa, you're you're like entranced by this, especially. Um, like this, like some of the scenes when Richard Dreyfus is like on this, on that cliff side on the road and you just see him like passing through just like, yeah. Oh and yeah. And then like, of course there's the iconic ending scene, which um, has basically become the cover <laughs> of every modern release, which I'm like, listen, I get that. You know, it's an iconic thing. It's a movie that's been out for a while, but like, you know, don't show the end of the movie. It's a great. I love the, the original, po- the original poster is so great. It's man. just like a road with a light at the end of it. And it's like the first kind of encounter, the second kind of encounter. And then there's the, the close encounters so of the third kind <laughs> directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
0: obviously like these things, co- all these storylines and plot lines come to a head because obviously things are going to happen at Devil's Tower, um, and they're uh Melinda Dillon and, and Richard Dreyfus are able to sneak in and this is where they we make we make the proper contact, basically. Um
1: This is where the third encounter
0: happens. The third encounter happens. Um you know
1: And and how and listen, how do they communicate with the aliens? With the probably the most universal form of communication,
0: music. That's and that again, like it's one of the like John Williams, it's hard for me to pick a favorite score. Like, there are days where I'm like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, there is nothing that gets me more pumped than the Raiders of the Lost Ark score. Or Star Wars is just such a perfect match with what the concept is, and it elevates, even elevates what it is. This... Superman. Superman. Superman! And this one, this one, the music is integral to the story. Also, shout out to E.T., by the way. That shit makes me cry. But... Oh yeah, yeah, E.T. Uh, great. Um, but like this music is integral to the story, <laughs> like, like, and it's not a musical. But like the music is literally integral. That the, the five and it's da, da 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 Like it's it's important. <laughs> it's the movie. <laughs> it's it, it,
1: they literally like have to set up a keyboard and like a cool like it looks like a rainbow light like, to, 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 <laughs> to, to any to any DJs out there in the world um which i know is a very common uh, sort of you know thing these days but like to any djs out there i would highly i would highly enjoy it if you set up your rig like a close encounters thing like i know you want to have the lights flashing on the crowded and stuff and you want to be like drop like the bass drop like bah, 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 like all that stuff but like have a big old bar behind you the flashes light and like do like a light. I I think that would be cool. I don't know if any of them done that. I don't know anything about DJs all that much, but if any of them do that, that would be cool. Yeah.
0: I mean that whole, the whole sequence is, is pretty amazing. And it is the, I mean, I think the rest of the movie is fantastic, but that is that, like when you get to that, it's such a satisfying payoff. Um, Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, you see that like mothership, um, which is so beautifully designed. I love that the top of it looks like, a small section of a city. Yes, and then like the 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 aliens come out, and then like the the people that they've like have had experience with, you know, the aliens, like the World War Two pilots, which haven't aged at all. Um, which I, it makes me think of like uh, it makes me think of two things. Not not to veer off into other things, but one, it makes me think of John C. Riley in Skull, Skull Island because he's stuck on an yep. island and he's a World War Two pilot, and he comes back and the world's different. It's the seventies. It also makes me think of. It's the seventies, the um, and it makes me think of um, those SNL skits uh, that Kate McKinnon did with Ryan Goss and a couple. Ryan Gosling and a couple of like I love the skits where it's like uh, the FBI agents are interviewing people about their encounters with aliens, and so like you got uh, Cecily Strong. I'm starting to sound like uh, Stephen Young uh, from uh, from Nope, which you know, spoiler. We'll later. get to that. We're gonna talk about <laughs> later. Um, but uh, like uh, Cecily Strong, and then like the host are the two people who are like talking about it like it's close encounters (laughs) and then you have kate mckinnon going what (laughs) they were like poking at my boobs the whole time (laughs) (laughs) and then it's it's even funnier when like ryan gosling's there because like he's clearly like he can't hold it in and then kate mckinnon just like i'm gonna lead into this and so like (laughs) so like there's a whole bit where she's like She's like, can you stand up for me real quick? She says that to Ryan Gosling, so he stands up, and he's like, turn around real quick. And he's like, so these guys don't have butts. <laughs> and so they they looked at mine, and they're like, they saw the crack, and they're like, oh no, it's broken. And so she's demonstrating on him, so she's like pushing his butt cheeks together. It's like, so they're trying to put it back together or something, and they start punching it a little bit. <laughs> and you can just see him, like, shake, because he's laughing so hard. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that's what makes me think
0: of Um but yeah that that whole scene i think is amazing but i also like just that all all these main characters they all want the same they they want the the same thing they want to see the same thing you know um and i also love what lacombe says too where they're like a government doesn't want any a lot of these people there but he's like these people were invited the aliens invited these they picked these people yeah you know um which it it kind of makes me think of the 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 scientist character in E.T. where he's just like I'm I'm I envy you Elliot you know because I, I you know I would have loved to have seen E.T. you know and all yeah. that nonsense. Um, but I also love um, the line I I I have it up here too because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, and it was one of my Letterbox reviews at one point because I think it describes the movie pretty pretty well. Mister Neary, what do you want? I just want to know that it's really happening. And I think that's that's really another one of those like it kind of sums it up sums up the movie in a sense like at least the spectacle and wonder um, end of it you're just like wow like this is something this is something like truly marvelous that is um, that is happening as I leave
1: (laughs) as I Um, as I as I I go into the spaceship not caring about what I did to them but yeah (laughs) later (laughs) but also
0: what's important important connection to Fableman's uh, Steven Spielberg wrote this movie and was one of the writers uh, along with uh, uh, Tony Kushner on *Fablemans*. Mm-hmm.
1: I was even going to mention that he mentioned like the the whole art and family thing. Yes. in the movie with Judd Hirsch's character, like you got art family broken. Tears you in two. Tears you in two. Uh, or like I love the bits bit. like tear your shirt, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> never seen old man grieve before. <laughs> tear your shirt, go to sleep. He is
0: great in that movie. Um, But I think this is a movie that, again, this is a movie that was highly successful, uh, made a lot of money, you know, was nominated for Oscars. uh, It is a respected movie, but I feel like in the canon of especially this era of Spielberg, I feel like I feel like in some ways it slept on.
1: Yeah, yeah, because like I think when you think of like like a modern audience and their perspective of Spielberg, you know, they think of the movies he's produced more than the movies he's directed, first of all. Like, we think of Back to the Future. We think of, uh, he was the producer on the Transformers movies, uh, or J.J. Abrams movies, you know, or, you know, like, I think of, uh, uh, what's it, that Super 8? Yeah, um, or, like, uh, you know, some of his more modern movies, which, the unfortunate truth is that I feel like a lot of his more modern movies weren't movies that people connected with very much. Which is, it sucks because a lot of them are great. Like, we've talked about uh, a couple of them on the show. We talked about, obviously, West Side Story. We talked about um, Tintin, which that was incredible. Still is incredible.
0: That's a great, it's a great, it's it's a great ride, um, Tintin. I would like to talk about some of his other ones. Like, I would love to get Lincoln on our show. Uh, And just how weird it is. That movie was a huge success. Like, if that came out today, (laughs) it would not be
1: successful no um
0: no but i also like i think it's a good movie too um
1: yeah for sure but like i i still remember like he when he released movies like bridge of spies or the post and like nobody talked about them yeah like i haven't seen the post i liked bridge of spies but um like it's again it's one of those movies that like nobody talked about it just kind of like i remember i saw that one in theaters and it was just kind of there yeah you know like oh hey you know everyone's going to see you know this other movie but no one's got tickets to Bridge of Spies. You want to go see it? Like, yeah, let's go watch Bridge of Spies. So, and it's weird to think that I saw that in theaters. <laughs> like, I was like, I just want to watch a Spielberg movie. It's got Tom Hanks in it. It's got Mark Rylance in it. You know, co-written, co-written by one of the Cohen brothers. Um, and so it's just, I think just the unfortunate modern perspective with Spielberg is that people just, just sort of sleep on him in general. And so, you know, listen, if you guys got the time, if you want to watch some stuff, I say go through his filmography. Like, I like it, it, it truly is like, you know, you can see like the wonder, the wonderful, like sort of blockbuster aspects of his career, but also the more like um, emotional aspects of his career. Like, I actually have like a stack of movies next to me that are like the 4K movies I own from Spielberg. Um, and all of them look great in 4K like that's the only reason I own ready player one (laughs) is it looks amazing on 4k um I did like it admittedly when it first came out now I'm just like this looks pretty (laughs) it's been a while since I've watched that (laughs) um but he's always somebody
0: who's like trying trying to do different like like his filmography is more varied than you would expect um yeah honestly
1: it's he tries so many things, and like he, like he does love, like obviously the sort of blockbuster stuff. Which I feel like, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't like people like us, because like I feel like our generation especially are really latched on to the sort of, I mean, why do you think superheroes are so big? I mean, I think um, I
0: think Spielberg, if you like Spielberg and like like if you think about Amblin and Lucasfilm, I think those yeah. those two, yeah. like companies have shaped, have shaped like film history. Um, and just the way trends have been, I, I think more so almost than a lot of other things in general. Um, you know, because I know a number for us, a number of our favorite movies come from maybe one of those two things or things I mean, that are connected. You know, I mean? like but, I said, listen, I have
1: Spielberg movies <laughs> sitting right next to me. I have the whole Indiana Jones box set sitting right next to me because I'm I'm a plan to watch that at some point. And I have a bunch of Star Wars toys hanging on my wall. It's, it's safe to say <laughs>
0: Raiders. Raiders is like other than King King Kong, like my favorite movie ever. It's a movie. I can literally getting a new one. I'm getting a new one. It looks cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We'll see how good it is, but um, you know, it's one of those movies I I can watch anytime. Mm -hmm. Like if if I don't have anything else, I'm like, I'll pop on Raiders. It's, it's just like, it's like, it's that comfort food kind of movie for me. Um, But this movie is spectacular. It's, it might be in my top five of Spielberg. Which is a hard list to come up with <laughs> because there are so, so many good ones
1: it's um, uh, like I feel I feel like close encounters would definitely be on my list um, I don't know five I feel like I need to have more of an experience with it, but I think for what for what I've seen of it is like the one time I've watched it with you and the times I watched it on my own, it's like there is this truly spectacular aspect of it and it is so unique, especially in in the alien invasion department like think about this too like this is this is an incredibly optimistic and wonderful portrayal of the alien invasion movie and then we get man of steel which is like a normal one (laughs) and it hurts like it's like it's possible to do the alien invasion thing and be positive about it
2: i'm just saying
0: (laughs) (laughs) now i'm just thinking about like because you mentioned Man of Steel, I'm thinking about the Flash trailer, and I'm imagining like a cr- a weird crossover movie where like the the breaking point is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and now I'm just envisioning um, it's just Michael Keaton playing the keyboard. <laughs> I'm, no- I'm imagining Richard Dreyfus going, "Yeah, I left my family for aliens."
1: <laughs> he just walks out like. How did I get here? <laughs> it's like we have like
0: a, 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 a really terrible AI, uh, Francois Truffaut,
1: come in. <laughs> what am I doing here? Neri? <laughs> how are you? What am I doing here? What is going on here? <laughs> it was a terrible, basic French accent. Very
0: basic. And very terrible. <laughs> which is our show.
1: <laughs> what am I doing here?
0: <laughs> but, uh,
1: cause and effect! Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> well... That is a Matrix Reloaded reference. Well, listen, it, it is, but um, <laughs> this this is. I think we both agree. This is incredible, incredible movie from an incredible, um, incredible. It's filmmaker. absolutely amazing, um, astonishing. If you don't own this, like check it out. Don't watch the special edition. Um, mm. I think it takes out some of the odd wonder out of it. Um, definitely, either the director's cut or the theatrical, I think, are pretty good. We watched the director's cut. I'm
1: pretty sure. If you're someone like me and you don't have like a like a really good. 4K like I have a basic 4K setup. The Blu-ray might look a little overblown, so you might have to adjust things, but if you have the 4K, it'll look amazing. Just just, just throw that out there. Yeah. And it's...
0: 4 k one of my favorite um, one of my favorite 4K's that I own is Close Encounters for sure. <sighs> okay, but no, this was this was a great Yeah, movie. I this was I have been very excited for this episode because of the, I I love this movie so much. <laughs> And so now, now, uh, oh, no, no, you, you you do this. Sorry, I don't like. No, that. it's okay. You do. Um, we're gonna take our our first of two intermissions. Um, when we come back from this first intermission, we will talk about um, another returnee of uh, of our program. A couple, he's got a couple films under his belt on our show, uh, and uh, we're gonna also reference Abbott and Costello and Ghost Dog shows up. Stay tuned.
1: back welcome back to two dudes one double feature in our last segment we talked about close encounters of the third kind and it was almost a week ago <laughs> yeah normally <laughs> registering. yeah
0: normally um we don't do that normally we try to record straight through but uh stuff the... and things <laughs> stuff and things did take
1: place any, any any highlights, anything good happened to you in that time? Because I know you were going through some stuff, but we're not going to get into it. But I no. want to know if anything, any uh, any good things, I want to know if anything happened.
0: I saw Ant-Man, Quantumania. I had fun, you know.
1: <sighs> uh, that's something. I mean, you know, it was, yeah, you know, was, was, was fun. You saw Jonathan Majors, that's always a good time.
0: Jonathan Majors is exceptional, and I'm very excited to see him play all the various Kangs uh, in <laughs> Kang- the future. Hanging it up hanging it up in the multiverse um I'm trying to think my favorite thing was this is a, a slight spoiler but socialist ants that's all i'll
1: say <laughs> nice yeah yeah uh a- ants starting their own society they're, s- they're starting off pretty good <laughs> pretty good pretty good um
0: yeah, so we're on our second. Anything good happened oh. with you? I didn't. I didn't
1: mean to be rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I am sorry alright i see how it is. Ooh. This has this the this isn't this hasn't happened before where he forgets to ask me anything, though. That normally only happens with guests. <laughs> like we'll have a guest on, and then Joey will start talking. I'll be like, "All right, you want to know about me? That's fine, I guess." <laughs> I'm trying to be efficient. Proceed. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just really funny. Uh, <laughs> it's only funny now too because you're Just like thanks for that. Thank you. I sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm sorry. Um. You now I I've been I've been busy. I've been uh last couple of days I I worked a night shift which led into a double so while it's technically only 16 hours i call it my 36 hour shift because it was like i got i got to sleep quote unquote uh but it was you know it was uh it was a lot it was really Mm -hmm. busy because there's a lot of there's a lot of movies playing at the theater right now that people want to see yeah so because we still got avatar in there obviously ant-man came out we got, um, people are still seeing Megan, oddly enough. Um, I mean, it's a good movie, so I get it, but, um... Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots we have. Um, this is, this is, there's just stuff that people want to see now, which is cool. I'm did excited you, for that.
0: Do you guys carry the re-release for Titanic?
1: Mm, we did. I, I, I don't know if it's still there, but
0: we did. Um, because that was, <laughs> it was crazy. Two James Cameron movies were in the top five Mm-hmm. Uh, for for a bit,
1: <laughs> we had it. We had Titanic playing in the, in our biggest theater at my work, which oh, well. uh, was which was surprising. Normally we would put that in the second biggest. We were like, let ah, just throw it in there. But now it's Ant Man, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, on the bright side, because I was working the bar all day Saturday, um, I did make a a, a, a good tip. It was. I think after all was said and done, it was like $218.77. Nice. So, I can get some gas. <laughs> so, I'm excited about that. Mm. Um, But other than that, no, I, I'm still kind of like, I'm still feeling it, and then I got to work another double tomorrow, so we'll see how that plays out. But um, yeah, there's, there's things people want to see right now, which is nice, so... That's, that's At least I know that my job is secure. <laughs>
0: I mean, it it feels like things are, go- I mean, things are never going to be the same as they were, no. you know, before, but it feels like as far as movie going is concerned, it feels like things are going back to normal in that respect. Like, at least,
1: yeah, at least some sense of it. Yeah. Like, cause, and it's, and it's kind of like, in, in, a, in a sense it is exciting. Cause there, I mean, there's some exciting stuff that people yeah. want to see. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, 80 for Brady, that's another one. So it's mm. like it's like something for everybody. You know, you got the kids seeing the Marvel movies, the Marvel movies. Yeah. You got um, the the older folks going to see uh, elderly ladies being horny for a football player. That kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, hey, everyone's got their taste, so that's fine. Um, listen, <laughs> listen, like, people, people forget
0: about older audiences because they think, oh, everybody just wants to see... Superheroes and big action so, no. things. No, sometimes no. you just want to see um, Tom Hanks do a, a goofy voice and be angry at people. Uh, <laughs> a man called Otto, by the way, that has yes. done exceptionally well for the kind of movie that it is.
1: Yeah, um, and I mean especially well in my area because I think they filmed it in Cleveland or some of it in Cleveland. There you go. So, so there's like, a, oh, come and see this. You can see your neighborhood in the background. With Tom Hanks being angry, um, but no, so there's there's p- things that people want to see, so that's good. Um, it's just it, uh, we're also a little bit short-staffed at the moment, so it's so it's a little bit difficult in like keeping track of everything. But hopefully, we get that handled and sorted out later on. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's probably a, the the high the, uh, a low light and a highlight really was mm. Saturday. Mixed feelings. Um, yes, uh, I, I my legs are still a little wobbly, but other than that, I'm I'm doing all right. But anyway, oh, oh you know what? Oh. One more thing, and I know tell me. normally,
0: tell me. and I think that you'll agree this is important. Um, a new podcast. Uh, We're we'll probably making a, a thing about this in um, the next upcoming episode. But um, friends of mine, uh, Steph and Jill, twins. Twin Sisters started a podcast, uh, Double Rewind. It's very good. Um, and their the first episode, they talk about the first Mission Impossible movie. And hmm. uh, I think they're sort of like exploring media that one or the other hasn't seen or neither one of them has seen. And uh, I think they put episodes up on Mondays, you know? Hmm. Uh, so definitely wanted to give them a shout out. I'll put their, um, their Linktree uh, link in the description for this, uh, this week's episode. And probably next time we have have an episode, I'll put that in there as well. But I just wanted to give them a shout out before I forget. Right.
1: I think you did in the first half. Did I? Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was. Well, you know what? We'll keep. We'll keep both. They we'll deserve keep both. It. Listen, they're they're it, twins. <laughs> there's two of them. It's been yes.
0: Uh, just one for Seth, so, one for Jill. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Um,
1: no, uh, I still need to. Fi- I'll admit I still need to finish that first one, but I also have been busy, last <laughs> couple of days. But um, I did like what I heard, um, uh, so I'm actually really excited to dive back into that. Um, so get 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 in the get in the link in the description. Check them out. Follow their socials, all that good stuff. Um, do it.
0: Yes, do it. Please now, please now, but do
1: it now.
0: Um, for. Uh... Uh, for our second uh, second feature, we talked about Close Encounters of the Third Kind mm-hmm. in the first third of this episode. Now, we... <laughs> a week a th- ago. <laughs> a week ago. We have finally arrived. We have finally made our arrival <laughs> at our second feature. This is the Denis Vill- Villeneuve uh, feature film... Prisoners. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, a It's Arrival. <laughs>
1: so we're talking about Hugh Jackman we're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal Jake Gyllenhaal is Agent Loki (laughs) what a cool name for a detective
0: and it's not Tom Hiddleston but it's Jake Gyllenhaal I remember all the jokes people made were like oh yeah
1: it's Wolverine and a guy named uh, Agent Loki (laughs) (laughs) you know what thankfully enough time has passed now it's Wolverine and it's Mysterio (laughs) barf (laughs) Call it barf. I put all my work and time into that one. Um, um but Arrival. Yes, Arrival. Arrival. Starring Lois Lane and Hawkeye. <laughs> Lois Lane, Hawk, Hawkeye, and Saw Ghost Guerrera. Dog. And Saw Gerrera, Ghost Dog. Yes, yes. Um, uh, the Last and, King uh, of Scotland. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Godfather of ha- ha- uh, Godfather of Harlem. Uh. <laughs> Um, and then all, and then, uh, the one, the one other doctor from the Dr. Strange movies is in this as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, the, like, um, work rival, I guess. I don't know. He's in the movies. M- like, oh, Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it took me a second. Cause I was, my
0: brain was going to Benjamin Bratt for a second, but then I'm like, wait, no, I only, I'm only thinking that. Cause I watched, um, the first few episodes of poker face and he's uh, oh, he's yeah. on that show Um, but anyway yes The Last King of Scotland No, Um, (laughs) um, Arrival Arrival this was one of those movies I only had watched not that long ago uh, it was just
1: surprising me a little bit when you said that Um, I I thought you'd seen it especially maybe it's because too because we watched we're both huge fans of Blade Runner 2049 we're also huge fans of Dune so I thought maybe you had kind of gone back and seen that one already. What other Vill- Villeneuve movies have you seen? Actually, like, not a not
0: a lot because I haven't seen Enemy yet. I have it on disc. I got to see Sicario because um, he did Sicario, right? I'm
1: just yeah, he did the first one. He didn't do the second one though. Right, Sicario is right. pretty good, honestly. Yeah, like, there's a lot it's of that them. Roger Deakins mm-hmm.
0: cin- uh, cinematography, but uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Go no, no, no. Um, so there's definitely ones that I have a lot of blind spots, even though I love his science fiction work, like like Dune, of course, was my favorite movie of 2021, uh, which is weird to say, because it feels like yeah. it was, it, it, like the way that time is weird. But anyway, uh, yeah. Blade Runner 2049 is probably one of my all-time favorite sequels ever. Maybe my Same. favorite legacy sequel ever. Um, one of our earliest episodes. So uh, we, we do appreciate Denny... Um, on this program and i know we have some more planned in the future or at least one more planned. we're definitely going to talk yeah. about more um but arrival is like is um is one of those movies where i think um, kind of going back to when we talked about hereditary and tony Collette, people talked mm-hmm. about
1: amy adams and this movie <laughs> she listen she is very good in it and it's it's nice you know what's nice about it too it's, mm. it's nice um, to have uh, Amy Adams in an alien invasion movie where I don't feel weird watching it. <laughs> it helps that it's not based on an IP. Based on an IP that usually is more, what's the word? Hopeful? We're going to have to talk about
0: that one for our next episode, or, or, or at least something t- related to that one next time <laughs> we uh, do an episode.
1: You know what? I wouldn't be opposed to it just to see what just to see what happens. <laughs> no, but we're talking about, we were literally
0: have Justice League.
1: I'm gonna. Oh yeah, that's nope. right. We do have that one, but, uh, <laughs> but not like not the Joss Whedon one. Not the Joss Whedon no.
0: one. Um, no, obviously so, spoiler alert. Spoiler but, uh, alert. <laughs> um, but like this is one of those where Amy Adams. I remember what people like, oh my god, Amy Adams is amazing. She is mm-hmm. the movie, and that is very true that is yeah. very 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 true like it's it's a weird thing because when you think about like a science fiction movie it's normally about like the spectacle or the visual component of it this is a little bit m- more subdued in that regard because the way that yeah. they present like the the a- the aliens um the people you know the, the not people but the aliens coming to visit us yeah. it's not presented in like a a science fictiony like flashy
1: sort of way um no but like it's got like it's sorry, it's got like a sense of um like there like the awe and wonder I think is still very much there, especially given like just how mysterious everything is. But it's almost presented in a way that it's immediately scary. Like 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 without any context, you could look at everything, like the ship, the aliens, and you could be like, That's terrifying as hell. Yeah. But I think that's kind of on purpose because it it's sort of clashes with how they in a good way how they are actually presented because you know they're not here to to kill or destroy or anything they're just here to be like what's up hey how you doing <laughs> hey, hey look at this cool circle i can make <laughs> <laughs> um i inked guys <laughs> but it but it's funny because
0: it's like it is like in some sense like a character study of amy adams character like mm-hmm. which is strange for like a science fi- like we because this was a best picture nominee at the oscars but got a bunch of oscar nominations mm-hmm. and if you if i didn't tell you this was a science fiction movie you would just assume that this was a like you know okay this is just like an amy adams centered like character drama uh mm-hmm. basically um and it's, it's that, but it's also, it's also got aliens. Cause, um, she's like a, what, what's the term? She's like a language expert. Linguist. Linguist. Is that yeah, that's is? probably, thank you for filling in the
1: blank on that. Yeah. I, I so, only know that because of Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Michael J. Fox for teaching me something. Yes. There you go.
0: Um, but she's a linguist and, um, we also like, not to spoil anything, up, you know, up front, because this is going to matter, but, like, you know, her daughter died. Um, yeah. And, but we also see that, like, the military uh, is recruiting her to um, help decipher, like, the language or
1: communicate with the um, the aliens that have just arrived. And she's, like, better... Than what you cuz like one one of the things that was funny when we were watching it is that cuz we don't think about it cuz you know listen to us talk right now you know we're not immediately thinking of the words that we're saying i mean we're no. like in the in the sense that you know they're just kind of coming out of our mouths
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and you know we kind of take language itself for granted a little bit yeah and especially like your native language um and so when we're when you're watching the movie and you're hearing Amy Adams break down a sentence you know, which is something that, like, you, you obviously you do it in, in grade school and English class and stuff just to, like, you know, have a better understanding. But, like, at the same time, you especially at our age, you know, we're not immediately thinking about it. You know, we're always trying to think about what we want to say, but we're not thinking of, like, the the, the words or, the or how it all comes together. The mechanics, yes. Um, And so just to hear her break it down, you're like, you never think about how important that actually is. No. And so she's... A million times better than probably what they were expecting so she's even like no we have to do this like you want to ask them why are you here you need to make sure they understand what why is what here is and literally every word in the sentence so we literally have to start with like first grade english just mm-hmm. so that we can get to a certain like point right. and and it's and she says this even to you know force whitaker's frustration but it's like well it's that's the that's what you got to do yep and so it was it kind of made me appreciate my own uh (laughs) my own my own language a little bit just because like it's again it's just we don't think about it immediately anymore no it kind of connects back to our first movie as well because
0: um you know that that whole movie is about language and thinking about that the opening scene of Close Encounters where they're like one person has to translate what the other person's saying because one person speaking Spanish, another person speaks English, and other, another person speaks French, you know, all these like different levels. Um but I think this this takes it in a in a, another way as well where like just the basic mechanics of these things. Um mm-hmm. you know and having having to learn that um having also, patience just to, to yeah, teach
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> just just how important school is. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, listen. You know, obviously, when you're a kid, you're not thinking of it because you're just like, I don't want to be here. It's boring. And it's like when you get older, you're just sort of like, Wow, I wish I did better. <laughs> I wish I. I wish I did. And I, like, especially myself, you know, I always struggled in school, but I feel like, you know, at times I was definitely that kid, and I blame the Nickelodeon generation brain and this. It's like it's us versus them, kids versus adults, and it's like, no, they're just trying to help you. You know, kid, want,
0: uh, kid, kids just... rule, uh, adults <laughs> drool, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. The Nickelodeon original movie, Arrival, starring <laughs> Amy
1: Adams and Jerry Renner.
0: They're gonna get slimed.
1: <laughs> like, no, these aliens suck. We're better than them. <laughs> and then Amy Adams is like, we have to actually talk to them. Nah, I don't want <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs>
0: slime. Oh no guys I'm thinking about my favorite like uh, Jimmy Neutron meme where it's just like Here's my ultra large figure (laughs) Yes Sheen we know But that's the fifth time you've shown it A show and tell
1: Hey Jimmy (laughs) (laughs) Oh Jimbo I love pie And ducks (laughs) Are we gonna talk to the aliens
2: (laughs) Are they gonna break Ultra (laughs) large <laughs> oh, so
1: and then it's that. Tim Curry and like a egg yolk.
2: <laughs> Just like a <in> movie.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, but oh, man, point point being, um, school's important. People, schools learning
0: learning is important. Under trying to understand and take the time to understand is also important because at the same time, yeah. This isn't the only... America is not the only place where this is no. happening. This is happening all over the world. Um, and there are some countries that want to take maybe a more aggressive response to it. Um, they talk
1: about, um, in the film, I think China yeah. plays a significant role. Which also leads into later in the movie, which will, again, spoiler alert, we'll talk about that. Um, so,
0: and that that's also important too, because again, so, like in alien invasion <clears throat> movies like America tends to be like the center of it, which it is cause that, that's our point of view here, but it's also important to know that, yeah, this is, this is a phenomenon that's also happening global, uh, globally worldwide. And it's different mm-hmm. places try having to communicate. Um, and they're like something and also just sharing information, uh,
1: you know, being willing to go, um, here you go.
0: Hey guys, <laughs> hope this helps.
1: Which historically, famously, that that doesn't that is, probably doesn't happen as much as you might think. No, <laughs> no, sad, sadly no. Especially you know when you're, you know we recently have been going through a global sort of thing, and it's like you know, hey, what about no? And then the spy what balloon? No. <laughs> we had the spy balloon thing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> 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 like I, I took it down, guys. That, I found out about
0: that through a Simpsons meme where, like, Principal Skinner had his pants inflated or something. That's how I found out. Like, there are people who, like, who know what where they were when President Kennedy was assassinated, or when 9-11. I, mean, I knew the spy balloon was when I looked on Twitter and saw Principal Skinner's pants inflate.
1: That's better than mine. I think I knew about it when, uh... I think, like, SNL made a joke about it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting my news from a comedy show, well, you know, which you know I think is pretty common nowadays. Anyway, <laughs> yeah.
0: a- anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of like things. Obviously, Amy Adams is a huge part, a huge part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Of course, she it basically is the movie. Yeah, you know, but you also have, of course Jeremy Renner, uh, who works with her, you know, and probably Partner. the other. Real partner most significant partner in more ways than one um mm-hmm. as we come to eventually find out um and also forrest whitaker the last king of Co- scotland himself <laughs> godfather of harlem saw guerrero
1: uh the ghost dog the ghost dog the, the way of the, the samurai the, the popular kid in fast times at ridgemont high yes oh gosh. <laughs> just throw in that reference <laughs> <laughs> um no,
0: but uh, but he's like the he's like the military guy that they go to, you know mm-hmm. a lot. um he's the one that sort of recruits. He's like, "I'm here to talk to you about the
1: uh, Abbott Costello initiative. <laughs> I see, and then Amy Adams shows up when Jeremy Reiner's getting drunk at the bar
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's an incredible Hulk reference. <laughs> yep, we know that movie exists. You? it's a real thing
0: coke it's the real thing um anyway but um i mean i I do like the way like like a lot of the things are presented um you know Mm -hmm. i was more enthusiastic about this one the first time i watched it the second time i didn't enjoy it as much and i can't that was that was surprising honestly and i don't i don't hate this movie either i do no 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 i do really like it uh, visually it looks cool um and I do like the themes. It's a case of, like, I do like the themes of the movie. I just don't know if I was as interested in it. Like, w- once you know, like, the tw- sort of, like, the twist... Like, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, movies with twists, I can still enjoy them. Like, Planet of the Apes is a great movie with a t- great twist. You know, <clears throat> so I can still watch Psycho, and there's a bunch of other ones I can name, too. But mm-hmm. um, this one, I just, um, I just didn't care as much. But, like, basically the whole conceit of it, the twist... Um, is twist that ending. the twist ending is that like I think ultimately the, the aliens are trying to get them to like understand the language the way they per, or sort mm-hmm. of perceive time and and things things of that nature uh which leads to basically Amy Adams going down this path where she knows it ultimately ends up being sad uh because yeah. you know she she gets together with Jeremy Renner uh in the yeah. movie they have a kid together uh but the kid has a terminal disease and they separate jeremy
1: renner leaves yeah Yeah. and then Mm. so basically how it's set up too is that like at the beginning of the movie we're told that amy adams had a kid who died of terminal cancer and then we're introduced to her later and she's and it's very melancholy too like she seems very sad but little do we know everything that we saw had not happened yet yeah and so that's that's sort of where the twist aspect comes into it. Because as the movie progresses and she has these flashbacks to... Or what we perceive as flashbacks uh, to when she has a kid. And um, we actually learn that, you know, at one point she's like, I'm seeing these visions of a girl and I don't know who it is. And it's like, holy shit. That's actually... She's flash forwarding. It's mm-hmm. not a flashback. And so um, she realizes that she's able to do that because she has been able to break down the language of the aliens, which means she can also break down um, their perception of time, which is essentially, like, why they're there to begin with. Like, they're giving her, they're giving humanity this gift of their perception of time, essentially, I believe that's the case. Right, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and because Amy Adams seemed to be one of the few people to actually... Uh, Understand it because everyone else, especially China, is getting like hostile towards them and declared war, and then other countries followed suit. Um, Amy Adams is able to like sort of learn this, and so that through that, she learns that she has a kid who dies of terminal illness. She learns that she and Jeremy Renner start a relationship, and she l- and not, and it's not even just that um, the kid has a terminal illness and Jeremy Renner leaves, it's that she knew about it. Mm-hmm. And told him, and then he leaves. And um, also, how she's able to stop the attack from China because she got because apparently she in her in her flash forwards, uh, uh, call she was told by the general that we're introduced to the general character from China that she calls him on his personal number, tells him something that only his wife has ever told him, and then um, he immediately like ceases fire. And so, um, in the flash forward, she's at, like, a dinner, um, years later when, like, the world sort of come together, and he's like, I feel like this was important for me to tell you, but this is my personal number, and this is what you say to me. Not in, like, I'm paraphrasing, it's much more, like, poetically right? but. but... You're, no, yeah,
0: basically it, it establishes, it sort of helps set, set us up for that, um, connects the dots, um, and I think it's, like, perceiving time, like, almost like Dr. Manhattan style.
1: Yeah, uh, makes yeah me think honestly, of, it's um, like where's Billy Crudup? Yeah, <laughs> where's where's uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen II? Where's This he movie at? could have been like ha- like half as long if you had hired one of them. <laughs> <laughs> the, if only you could perceive time as I have. <laughs> Great
0: delivery there, Richard. Thank you. Thank really good. I really try. Nice. I try my best.
1: Um, I was glowing blue at the time too. If mm. In case you're wondering. Da-ba-dee-da-ba-da. <laughs> Anyway, we're making a lot of references. Uh, <laughs> Last King of Scotland, um, the anyway, one popular kid from uh, Time's *The game. Butler*, um, <laughs> Lee Daniels. Oh, butler. excuse me. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm, thank you.
0: <laughs> um, I, I I do enjoy this movie, and I it's definitely I think I'm, I admire it more <clears throat> than I love
1: can it. Can you can you pinpoint what kind of like, is there a specific thing when you were watching it that made you sort of turn away from it a little bit more? Like, not be as um, empathetic towards it, maybe?
0: You know, I think it's like, it's one of those, I just... I, I, is it because you just I knew? I think I knew, but other than that, I can't really pinpoint, like, an exact, like... Like, okay, this is... Because, like, I love... It's like, I love the ingredients in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it. I do like it. It's just... It, di- it just didn't grab me as much... The second time, okay, it just it just didn't like, I, I, and I can't fair. I can't really describe why. Um, maybe it's just because like I, I think a lot of the like I I feel like I wish we got to know some of the the, the character stuff. Uh, you know, it's weird. It's a movie about humanity. I wish there was a little more of that, Humanity. Like, humanity, and, and I mean, other than Amy Adams and the daughter scenes, like, I wish we had a little more... He mm-hmm. said some... Stu- I mean, Jeremy Renner's there for a significant chunk of it, and he's fine in the movie. I just I just think, it's just like, it just wasn't quite there for me okay. on that level. Um, still a really good movie, though, obviously. Um,
1: I, think, I think for me, if I'm, like, I like the movie quite a bit, but I think if I'm honest, it's among the uh, Denis Villeneuve's movies that is, like... Admittedly, it's the one I forget about a lot yeah like you know when i think of obviously you know these days i'll think of like dune and blade runner first because they're incredible but i also really like prisoners um especially like you watch that movie in and uh it really sort of feels like um when i especially when i saw it in theaters like i felt like i was looking at my own neighborhood even though it wasn't set in ohio or anything but it it's like it had that sort of midwestern setting and so, like, that alone grabbed me, and then as it progressed, you're just like, what is happening? Mm. And everybody's great. I mean, Paul Dano's great as the, like, sort of, uh, snivelly, like, you know, I didn't know I was doing anything wrong kind of guy, right. um, in the movie. Um, honestly, Hugh Jackman should have got nominated for that. Agreed. Like, he's, scre- yeah, he's screaming a lot in it, sure, but, like, like he, he, the emotion's there. Yeah. And he, he gives an incredibly heartbreaking, scary performance. Hmm. Absolutely. I remember seeing that in theaters. Um,
0: ten, yeah. Now, ten years, almost ten years ago. Now, wow.
1: Uh, that whole opening scene is just tension. It's a Thanksgiving yes. movie. <laughs> 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 Good God! But anyway, sorry. You were saying?
0: No. Um. It's kind of like one of those movies where I definitely admire it, just because like it's a it's cool to see like a science fiction movie like this do very well. But it's not, like, mm-hmm. an action-driven thing, and it's not just about, like, the visual component. It is about a more personal thing, but also a universal message. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it just doesn't grab me um, in the same way that some of his other films do. And, frankly, the other two movies that we've, we're we going to... that One of them we talked about already, and the other one that we're going to talk about uh, in the next leg of this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. I will say I do like this one quite a bit, but again, it is that it is that one I tend to forget about. But it is it is also whenever I watch it, a reminder of oh yeah, this is this is actually still yeah really like great, like this this still honestly. slaps. It's still good. <laughs> like this is is still is still uh, a really great movie, and um, I, I I do recommend if you do like Denis Villeneuve's films um, to watch that, but also watches other stuff too. Like watch everything because he's he's great. The only mm-hmm. the only movie of his that like I still I. I'm like weirded out by is probably Enemy, mm-hmm. which is his first movie, which, you know, I think that can be the case for a lot of filmmakers, that first movie. But um also there's like giant spiders in that one. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> Literally, spoiler alert, at the very end of the movie, um uh Jake Gyllenhaal walks into a bathroom and there's literally like the world's biggest tarantula just cowering in the corner and I'm like that. I, I feel bad for that tarantula, but I'm also fucking terrified of that tarantula. <laughs> um, yeah. If uh, yeah. It, if you don't like spiders, don't watch enemy. Yep. But yeah. yeah also... uh, <laughs> um. Oh, Gifford, sending me snaps. <laughs> Gifford, I'm recording. <laughs> Hi, Gifford. I love you. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> but also, thanks for reminding me to turn my haptics off on my phone while I'm recording a podcast. Hmm. All right. Um, but yeah, Arrival's good. I like Arrival. Yes,
0: Arrival is good. Um, we're going to take a brief, uh, n- our second, uh, and last intermission for... Significantly this. brief. Significantly <laughs> brief. Not like a week long. We're not going to be... <laughs> um, uh, when we return, Richard and I are going to do something a little unconventional. We're actually nope. going to be talking about a television show. No, stop. Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. we're talking Mm-mm. about a TV show. Uh, nope. You sure? Mm-mm. You sure? Come on. We're going to do a recap of the famous sitcom Gordy's Home.
1: Nope. Mm No, I want to. Stay tuned. we are back once again. Welcome back to the third segment of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Last two segments, we talked about Close Encounters of the Third Kind and Arrival. Now, fun fact about the making of this episode, initially, it was only going to be Close Encounters and Arrival. However, another movie had come out that both of us really really liked and it it sort of is another kind of riff on the alien invasion story though it, it takes a bit of a different turn than the last two movies do um this one this one's uh this one's a very yes. crazy one but it's one that we're both very excited to talk about joey yeah do to joe what uh we're doing southern accents all right joe didn't die how would it Good me? sir. What um I had it had it, had it to you as well. Um what is the motion picture we are discussing amongst ourselves uh this afternoon? But this third, this third feature. Buttress buttress those features. <laughs> um I am trying to buttress, but <laughs> <laughs> um
0: anyway, no. Um so Richard, it seems we have arrived at the third kind. Of Alien Invasion movie for this episode. But... (laughs) But, is it... Is it... um, You know... Is it a movie that uh, deals with the language of communication? Nope. Is it a movie that takes a very joyful uh, and awe-inspiring look at Alien Invasions? And the answer, Richard, is...
1: Nope. Nope. (laughs) This... I'm going to say this right now. um,
0: This is my favorite... Jordan Peele movie. Uh, I love Get Out. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Us when we talked about that one on our show. Uh, this is also so far the only uh, Jordan Peele movie I've seen in a theater. Um, the other two I saw at home. and I, s-
1: I, I think the only one I saw was Us. Because I, I, I was working when Get Out came out and I just couldn't find the time. Mm-hmm. And then Nope came out recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... This movie, I really, 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 really love, um, and uh, I'm very excited to talk about Jordan Peele's Nope. This nope. This movie, um, let me tell you, so <laughs> basic. the very, very, very basic premise, we are in and, ar- and around the world of movie making, okay? Yes. Um, we follow uh, the Haywood. Uh, the Haywood family. Okay. Uh, they own, they, they, they're horse wranglers. Um, and their name is. They, they,
1: they work for the movie studios. Like they, they're like the, hor- they're like the people that come in when you have to use real animals yeah. or when they decide to use real animals uh, for films. And they come in and they, uh, yes. they're like the trainers, the wranglers, all that stuff. Yes. Um, so, you know, there's that. Uh, the patriarch
0: of their family, played by Keith David, is killed under somewhat mysterious circumstances. It's raining metal. It's raining metal. People think it's like a plane thing was going on, but it doesn't seem to really be the case. Yeah, he got a nickel in the eye. Yeah, nickel a nickel in the eye. So the business uh, has to be continued by his his son, uh, his son OJ. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Otis Jr. Yes. it's otis jr guys
0: otis, o- o- otis uh otis jr you know um and you know he's having a time trying to uh, maintain the family maintain the family business
1: he doesn't he doesn't have like he's, he's he was very introverted yes so i relate to oj otis jr yes in that sense and uh he's played by daniel kaluuya who's uh fantastic in the movie by the
0: way yes um He like it's kind of one of those things where he's got more of a passion for like horses and stuff, but his sister, the wrangling part, the wrangling part, the actual meat and potatoes of the business. But uh, his sister, um, M Emerald uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, she's got the charisma of her dad, as evidenced by the first scene where she is uh, she's talking about all the things that Otis OJ OJ wanted to say. Uh, but also is like, oh yeah, I do a lot of other things on the side. FYI guys, uh, <laughs> like, like this is, like,
1: come on, give me a call. You know, give me call.
0: just, just, uh, just let me know. Um, so, you know, there's some times where they, they, they are two very different people. You know, I feel like it's like mm-hmm. a classic sibling dynamic in that respect. Oh, I relate. Yeah. I was about to, I was about to say,
1: I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though in, in many respects, like, like, I'm definitely more like Otis, but there are times I'm a lot like um, Emerald in that regard. <laughs> See, and I am like Michael Wincott, a cranky old man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're just sitting there at the camera. Uh. <laughs>
0: One-eyed, one horn, flying purple people, Bolito.
1: Also, he this is the second time on this program Michael Wincott uh, welcome back yes shall a drink to the lady in the white shoes <laughs> um but in any case so going off of that
0: um obviously so they're continu- trying to continue the family business um they have to you know sell horses and try to buy them back uh through <laughs> through
1: Jupe oh uh old <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jupe um played by Stephen Yun who is fantastic in this movie Oh, he's so everybody. Good. We're
0: gonna he's say so that about every cast member in this; they're fantastic because it's true.
1: Honestly, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like um, Stephen Young, he's very significant because he plays uh, Jupe, who is a uh, former child star. Yes, and um, he he has like a, a bit of a resume. He was in like uh, like some sheriff show, like sitcom where the poster is a rip-off of the Holes poster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is my first immediate thought, like, dig it up, up Holes. Um, oh. Oh. But, uh... <laughs> oh, that's a, that, that was a fun song. Um, yes. So, uh, one specific thing in Jupe's resume is he was on the sitcom called Gordy's Home, which, you know, we referenced in the last segment. And, um... The significance of Gordy's home is that it was a show where the central character was a real chimpanzee. It was, an, it was a real ape, um, which is sort of like a like a, a a symbol for like a lot of the themes that this movie has about you know that particular subject. And so, uh, it was fam- It was a famous incident that happened on the set of Gordy's home when uh, it was Gordy's birthday. And someone uh opened up a present, and a bunch of balloons flew out, and one of them popped, and that triggered the chimpanzee and the chimpanzee went crazy and f- i believe killed and maimed a couple of people that were on set and Jupe as a young kid witnessed all of it yep and um the difference though is that he wasn't like while he was probably traumatized he was he w- he he there was definitely like a like a weird aspect of like spectacle and awe and wonder which he would utilize later in his life uh for another particular thing spectacle on wonder but
0: also him thinking okay i'm the one he didn't try to kill because they were about to yes. do the fist bump so it's kind of like almost like he thinks he's like a carl denham like king kong which is one of the influences on this yeah. movie where he's like i can tame the natural elements and present it as a show um,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm greater than others. I also want to give that, in
0: that regard. I want to give a shout out also to Terry Notary, who's appeared on our show, um, probably a couple times, uh, definitely because of the yeah. Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, Terry plays, um, uh, Gordy, does the mocap.
1: Incredible stop, man.
0: Yes. Um, so that's also a big part. Um, and I feel like, like a lot of people, when they were talking about this movie, were like, why is Steven Young, Ye- what is the purpose of this character, you know? And it's the
1: point of the movie. It's the whole it's the whole movie. Really. <laughs> it's literally it's literally everything that this movie like that's the most important like arguably the most important. Like we have the main story with uh the Haywood farm and everything that happens with those characters, and then we have the jupe narrative with Stephen Young, and that essentially encapsulates everything this movie ultimately is trying to tell you. Yep. And so, like, really, really Really watch it because it all makes sense. It truly does. It does. Um, um, yeah. But this also leads to the, the the main attraction, quote unquote, to use, I'm sure, Jupe's terms um, the cloud. <laughs> yeah. There is a cloud in the sky and it stayed there. It doesn't move. Something is weird. Something off is going on. What we learn. Is there is a a some sort of UFO flying saucer sort of situation that hides in the clouds in the sky. Yep. And it's very Jaws in that regard. So like there's times when you see it clearly, there's times it attacks during the day, but ultimately you only see it in small increments. Mm-hmm. And it's just floating there. And <clears throat> um not to not to reference this person but what um uh emerald and oj decide to do is pull a logan paul (laughs) let's film something we probably shouldn't be filming Mm -hmm. and so which is hysterical given there's like a whole review that he did that he got a lot of shit for but i'm not gonna get into that i don't really care no no um but um but no like they essentially uh are trying to film this because you know ufo sightings if if shot well enough and could be you know proven as evidence make a lot of money mm-hmm. and so um they go to what's it called fries is like an electronic store yeah and they and that's where they meet the the third i don't remember his name so uh, knows, angel like the third five character. five stars angel five yes. stars played by Brandon perea
0: who is also awesome uh he is, he is very
1: movie. good i love his whole introduction of like i was dating this girl and now she's on the cw fucking cw yeah <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. I, I just i love it when he's at the store and he's just looking at
0: the cat like looking at their uh camera footage <laughs> like you got
1: a you got a bug on, on the camera why are you looking you got a bug on the camera and then you got um uh what's it barbie ferrera i think her name is who is on euphoria just his co-worker just like you okay you all right? right um but uh no, like, he's he's very good, and Angel's very good, and so he sort of joins the group to help uh, capture this, this uh, this. Uh, I think the, the credits call him Jean Jacket as a reference to a horse um, that uh, was supposed to be Emerald's first horse um, to, to help train uh, at the Haywood Farms, but then uh, now now Emerald has this alien... And so that's Jean Jacket. Yeah. So I'm going to, ref- I'm going to refer to the alien as Jean Jacket just because that's what I think the, the filmmakers do. Sure. So, uh, so we have Jean Jacket who kind of looks like a big Stetson. And the thing is like the, 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 the cool thing about, about Jean Jacket is that he is that it's, um, it looks like a flying saucer, but it's actually the alien itself. Yeah. And it's not even its real form essentially when we see it in that kind of flying saucer sort of look um which we find out what it what it more or less actually looks like later on which is like like a giant like series of sewn together bed sheets and um in this like sort of it almost looks like like if you were to see a real like angel as as the way they're described in the bible which i think is on purpose
0: yeah um, I, I was watching a video talk about that uh, from Quality Culture talking about Nope and they do bring that up and it, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like it's just a wild thing to to picture but not as like I don't think that was as scary as like the scenes where like you are inside Jean Jacket and Jean Jacket is yeah. di- devouring the people and you hear the <laughs> screams <laughs> <laughs>
1: or, or even or even too like when you know Ah, uh, he's in the distance, and like they're wa- they're looking at him, and uh, he comes closer, and you just hear ah yeah mm-hmm. Ah! mm-hmm. like that is terrifying too yeah and then which leads to like probably one of the most terrifying scenes in the movie, which I'm assuming you're reference which I, you're referencing obviously yeah um when uh Joop at uh, Jupiter's claim, which is his little his little theme park he's got uh, with the, the giant uh, balloon that's uh, of him given a wink and a finger gun i believe mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh he he's trying to put on a show like he like he talks about it through the course of the movie and why he buys the horses from the haywood ranch because he's trying to put on a new show a new family show yes where he can tame he's the one that can tame because he also sees that there's a cloud because he doesn't live far away. His his setup isn't very far away from the Haywood Ranch. So he sees this as well. But um, he decides, I'm going to, I think I could do this. I can make some money off this. I can train this. I can tame this. I did it with Gordy. I'm invincible. And um, so he gets all these people there. He gets this whole setup. It's the middle of the day, which I think is important to, to point out. Horror during the day can be genuinely scary. Yes. Because we're so used to horror at night. But horror during the day. <laughs> Um, so, and I love his outfit that Steven Yeun wears yes. like, with the, with the flying saucer on the back mm-hmm. with like the red suit. It's so good. I
0: mean, all around this movie is such a well-made product. Even if you don't like this movie, just like the cinematography is amazing. Like the, they use IMAX cameras, IMAX camera. I saw it in IMAX. So it was pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. the, the day for night that they do, Yes, in this movie. It's,
1: which is a unique process
0: compared to how I think it's usually done. Right. from what I've heard. Yeah, you were saying that when we were watching. Um, I, I thought it looked genuinely mm-hmm. really good. Um, it looks so good. It looks really good. That's um like the costume, the costuming, the whole production. Michael, um, let me just get the name right. Uh, Michael Abel's um score
1: in this mm-hmm. is who I think I think he's worked with Jordan Peele on on all <laughs> of his movies. Yeah. And the score is genuinely fantastic Ugh, each time.
0: Dude. And then also like, I'm thinking about like, you think about that scene. I think about at night where like, it's, it's like raining, but it's like raining. There's raining blood from.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So like, like, so we get that opening, we get that not opening, but we get that scene. And, um, uh, Jean jacket shows up at the, at the show. Um, which at this point you can tell it's him because he ate one of the training horses, and so there's like a, a string of those like flags or whatever hanging out of the cloud. So it's like that much more eerie because it's a cloud with with the things hanging out of it. And he he the cloud comes over the show, and it sucks up the entire crowd, including one of uh, Jupe's former co stars from Gordy's home, um, who's disfigured and has to use uh, one of the chair one of those uh, scooters uh, like scooters thank you Jazzies
0: um, i used to call them when i worked at uh, a senior residence community
1: get the jazzies. one of them jazzies. uh you know and so um, and the icy stop working no <laughs> i hate it when the icy stop working that's a personal thing um, It's the collapse of civilization when the icy stop working <laughs> it's the collapse of civilization all hope is lost when the icy stop working Um, and so everybody is essentially getting sucked up inside of Jean Jacket, who is who is at that point devout. We don't, we, we don't really see like the process, but we're seeing them getting like dragged through the insides of Jean Jacket. And it's genuinely horrifying to see that. And then, um, later in the night when, uh, uh, OJ's coming back home to the farm, you have Angel and Emerald just in the, in the farmhouse and it's, it's pouring rain, but Around them, the rain has stopped, and that's because Jean Jacket's like literally directly mm-hmm. above them. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny because like I forgot how close he gets to the house when uh when I watched it initially, and then when I watch it this time, I'm like, he is really fucking close. <laughs> like, Jesus <she's> Christ! <laughs> and then, and then you just see like blood pouring down the sides of the windows and all over the house, and the oh my god, that imagery. Oh, <laughs> oh God.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love when like um, OJ is, like opens the door, he goes back. Nope. And then, nope. <laughs> that got a, like a huge la- reaction in my in my theater. It was so
1: great. <laughs> and he and he literally just stays there the entire time until the power comes back. Like, nope. Um, and Jean Jacket even like floats above him. And there's that like really like almost iconic shot of him looking up, and he and you see you see Jean Jacket just hovering over his car with the rain pouring off the sides. Like I think that was in the trailer too. Like it's it, uh, cinematography all around is fantastic. Yes, the
0: movie. Um, was it a uh, Hoyt? Uh, um, uh, probably Hoyt Van Hoytema. Um, really great stuff. Just all around, what a production! Like everybody's talking about. Like this movie got zero Oscar nominations. Like what the fuck?
1: <laughs> like goddammit. it! Uh, but do they not do they not appreciate? They don't appreciate it. But probably also, not, it's a but... movie
0: that is very cynical against the in the against the industry at large, it is. Um, which.
1: Which, normally, you know, when you think of Oscars, they're always like, you know, they want to praise the movies that are praising the movies. And it's like, the whole point of this movie is that there's, there's aspects of the industry that are sketchy. Yes. Um, specifically, when it comes to using animals. And, and, and even children. but
0: Animals, children, also just people of color. I mean, because one of the things I wanted to get to is the Haywood Ranch. Is named that because of the j- jockey that is featured in Edward Maybridge's like photographic experiment. That's sort of like one of the early like things that led motion into pictures. motion pictures. Yeah. So it's the thing where it's like, oh, hey, the horses, all four of its legs are off the ground at one point. Um, you know that that thing. But in real life, we don't know the name of that jockey who's in. We know Edward yeah. Maybridge, who's the guy who did the film. Uh, so it's sort of like a commentary also on how we 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 talk about like the directors of things all specifically white directors but also mm-hmm. you know i also when i was when i first heard about that cuz i knew that we never knew about the jockey that's featured in the movie we don't know their yeah. name uh but i was thinking like is there going to be like a thing where it's just like it's almost like another commentary where like keith david was savvy enough to be like cutthroat like okay we're going to add like a legend to this name to like try to get boost our name in the business and be like, oh, mm. you know, like, that's like my headcanon of it. Um, I guess, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, they don't really make it clear whether or not that that's a thing in the movie. I think in the movie, it's just, I think it's basically accepted that it is Haywood, but it, it, it was something that was yeah. going on in my head. I'm like, they need it. You need to try to get ahead. It's a movie about trying to like, oh yeah, I also do this. And you're trying to do everything you can, but also another thing that was brilliant in like the the final big scene of the movie. There's like a influencer paparazzi guy that comes in, yeah. Who's name TMZ TMZ, whose name is Maybridge, um, yeah. So and they're trying to like desperate. They're trying to like cash in on what what you know the Haywoods are trying to do. And uh, my favorite thing was like, please, it's my camera recording. Please record, please, my camera. And they care more about that than the <laughs> the fact that
1: they sustained like so many injuries. Again, influencer mentality of we need to film everything. We it doesn't matter the ethics behind it, it doesn't matter the morality behind it. We need to film it.
0: We got to film it. Um, but we I got to al-
1: put it online so people can see it. It's like no.
0: But I also like to like they they also recruit uh, Michael Wincott into their, um, into their thing, and he brings in his own, like, custom-made, like, non-electrical camera, because... Like, analog IMAX camera <laughs> that, like, cranks. Yeah, I, uh, and he's just like, I gotta get the shot. I gotta, I,
1: I gotta, I gotta get the shot, you know, and... I, I like, I, I like when, uh, when he, when he introduces the camera, and they're like, let's go, boy! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, yeah! that was fun. <laughs>
0: Um, but I I think it's one of those movies where like it works as a very serious, like a commentary on these things, but also it's a hell of a ride. I love, I I love this movie so much. I I might even just watch it again after we're done recording, honestly. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) understandable, Uh, understandable, but it's, it is, it is, again, it is, it is fantastic and and it has that, that, that bite to it, um, as well. So it's like, you can, you can watch it and enjoy it. Again, like, we were referencing, uh, frickin' Paul Verhoeven before we were recording, and it's like, it's like Paul Verhoeven, you know, with, like, Starship Troopers or RoboCop, like, you can enjoy the hell out of it because of the spectacle and how good he is with action and stuff, but also there's those moments like, hey, (laughs) you wanna join the military and kill some bugs? There's a wink. (laughs) Like, hey guys, hey guys. (laughs) (laughs) though the the week the week isn't as obvious clearly because people are like what is the point of this movie but it's there trust me very much and it's like it's like saying hey you know and it was funny too because like when we were watching the movie i we had watched it just as i had watched the fablemans for the first time which is a credible movie yes but there is also a scene in the movie where they use a real monkey and so just the the transition was uh an interesting jumping out point because like i think the first thing i thought of was nope Mm -hmm. when i saw the scene when it was when uh when michelle williams who's incredible in the movie um brought home the monkey and then it just jumps on paul dano's shoulder or paul dano's shoulder and then it it licks his cheek and i immediately giggled and i was like i just at the same time that's funny but now i'm gonna watch nope
0: (laughs) And, and (laughs) <laughs> it's very strange actually i was thinking about yeah. i might have referenced this before but you know I'm a, I'm a fan of like the tarzan old tarzan movies and in the documentary uh, they, johnny weissmuller johnny weissmuller and in one of the documentary things they have an interview with this guy this uh cheetah so not cheetah wrangler uh chimpanzee wrangler for <laughs> for the
1: chimpanzee named cheetah Okay, because mm-hmm. at that point... I, I honestly thought you meant like an actual cheetah for no, a hot second. Sorry. I was like, we're uh, talking about this if you don't know, cheetah.
0: If you don't know, in the Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan movies, they have a sidekick uh, named Cheetah, who's a chimpanzee, and at this time, the chimpanzee was, like, in their 60s or 70s, I think, because they were in, like, the later Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan movies. And they're talking about, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this chimp, they're sort of accustomed to a certain lifestyle at this point. So, like, you know, releasing them to the wild or, like, changing it up is not a very good idea. Is used to going around in, like, a golf cart. It's like, where's my golf cart? <laughs> uh so it's kind I, of a where's my motherfucking golf cart so it's kind of a definitely interesting um interesting from that point of view because obviously in the last couple of years we've had movies where they like obviously digital animals have been used obviously lion king and like john favreau's like lion king and jungle book movies um rrr rrr of course um but i was also thinking about life of pie which is noted for the use of cg animals but also i think it came under some controversy because there were some I think alleged animal um animal abuse or negligence of um animal protocols on the set. I, I don't know the exact mm. verbiage on that. Um but there was that and that was just over a decade ago as well. Um so a lot of yeah. so things have changed, but also as you indicate the fable beds, they have a monkey
1: because they wanted to the <laughs> There's layoff. a monkey there. <laughs> like little kiss on Paul Dato's cheek, just a little leap,
0: leap. um <laughs> I I think this is just all around a great movie it's just a it's got it's got the whole package really when when it comes to this kind of movie um actually i one of my biggest my big regrets is like in the last like month or so things have been so busy but lincoln the lincoln uh center like film society or whatever they had a whole like nope retrospective so they were screening movies that in- influenced nope so they had things like the wizard like of king oz kong. king kong i'm just going to read this real quick cuz i think it's kind of cool uh Do where, it. where is it um and Jordan Peele gives like a little description for each movie, uh, sort of. So for King Kong, mm-hmm. he calls it quote one of the great films about filmmaking, a primal kaiju horror that uh, about the need to capture, sell, and sacrifice the exotic masculine spectacle, a
1: pinnacle of craft and exploitation in filmmaking. Unquote. Listen, and listen, we could have that we, we were talking about this before. If we hadn't talked about literally like every major King Kong movie, we probably could have paired it with this, and it would have been perfect. King Nope. King Nope. Nope. Kong. Um King Kong? Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean and I think like he really just he says it right there. And I think that's also most of that really described this movie as well. The need to capture and sell that spectacle. The need to exploit
1: the natural world. Which which is a very like obviously we talk about, you know, with King Kong, but I also feel like it's especially increased. Is it become a very modern uh, situation? Because we have cameras in our pockets. Mm -hmm. We have access to so much technology now that we never had before. So, like, when you think of Carl Denham going to Skull Island, he's got his crank camera like Michael Wincott does, and he's trying to get the shot. But then, you know, we think of today, and, you know, we see kids filming stuff at school when a kid's like doing something stupid and hitting their head against the wall and then that turns into a meme and then that's like musicified or something right you know it's like like that's that's the generation we 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 live in now with like you know just the technology that we have yeah and it's like it's wild to think about
0: it's it's crazy um to think about too because think about like the disney parks in tokyo mm-hmm. you're not allowed to film on the rides there And they've also cracked mm. down on just f- filming and stuff in general at, at the Tokyo um, Disney parks, which is definitely an interesting uh, mm-hmm. thing, because people are so obsessed with, like, there's, I follow a lot, of, I'll admit, I follow a lot of it's, theme it's, park it's a, influencers. It's like a whole,
1: I mean, I, I enjoy it a lot, of, that's how we, that's how, um, when Joey wants to, like, describe a ride to me, if, because I, I don't, because, like, I like roller coasters to an extent uh sort of maybe um so that's how i'm able to experience them a little bit is when joey shows me these videos but it's like a whole subgenre on youtube of like uh like park goers and it's not even just disney like they go to universal they go to all these different parks um just to like do pov versions of rides or try out the food you know try out the food yeah I think a friend of mine um uh, an old friend of mine who I used to do videos with uh is that's sort of his thing right now mm. is like di- is like Disney um uh Disney videos and like you know he goes on rides and stuff I don't know if he does POV stuff but he definitely like films I think he's even sponsored by Disney to that regard so like it's it's a whole thing it's like a whole influencer genre yes which yes. is crazy. Um, yeah, because,
0: you know, it's one of those things where, like, I have mixed feelings on it, because on one hand, I'm like, there's some stuff, like, I think about where I'm like, I don't know if I'd be able to, it, it gets me interested to check it out at some, some certain things at some point, but on the other hand, too, some, the ethics of that, because, you know, the influencers are always recording, sometimes they bring their kids in a way, and that's a whole other thing, too.
1: Like, they look like, Almost like cyborgs when you see them in the parks like they have the straps on <laughs> and they have like a camera to their chest like a, like a freaking police officer they have some sort of headset they have a steady cam for their iPhone that right. they're walking around with I will admit like for for our YouTube channel I've had times I'm like oh I would like to film like like us being at Disney and stuff and doing stuff like that but every single time I've tried to do that and Joey can attest to this like I'll film a couple of things we'll take pictures of a couple of things but then I just stop because you want like to it just, just experience you know yeah you're like, like this like is this is moment. for us this is for this is this is for me is for joey or like if allison's there it's for allison dom mike and like anyone else that's with us on on a trip like you want like you, yeah sorry like we we want to experience it as we're seeing it which i don't think we do anymore no um,
0: Mm-mm. you know, cause you just want to like sort of capture those memories, but going back to the, the subject at hand, um, I think all three of these are great examples are different, very different examples of, um, you know, alien invasion, alien invasion, mm-hmm. but like alien Very contact. different than what we're
1: used to. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, like it's kind of interesting too, like Close Encounters is old enough to be like a, defi- like a definitive text for,
1: for this, um, for this genre, you know this more like optimistic approach to alien invasions almost at least the first two in that regard the first
0: two are definitely more
1: optimistic and the
0: third one is like a is almost plays out more like a classic like 50s movie uh in certain mm-hmm. or like a movie like, even even like again going back to king kong like a movie from the 30s where it's just like is this a good idea nope but you know nope. what it sure as hell looks cool <laughs> we're gonna try it anyway yeah, it's <laughs> they. They all have. Um, they're both visually really distinct. Um, I think they're all just incredibly well made um, mm-hmm. movies by three great directors: Spielberg, Villeneuve, and uh, Peele.
1: All of all of them, fantastic. Watch all their movies if you haven't. Yeah, I know I should like like even Spielberg. Like you think you don't think you should have to advertise Spielberg, but given given uh, the track record his movies had lately, watch Steven Spielberg movies. Trust me.
0: I mean, I mean, when we say tracker, we I mean like sometimes some they don't do well at the box office. You know,
1: like people aren't people aren't going to see Spielberg the way they used to. I guess is my point. Yeah, no,
0: that's fair. Um, yeah, it's weird to think because I remember going to see Lincoln in like a packed theater uh, back in mm-hmm. 2012, and then today is that gonna is that like a, nothing. is no, um, which sucks. Yeah. Uh, I'm so Thanks. glad I saw the Fablemans on the big screen.
1: Like, I was just glad that I saw Fableman's at all, and I told Joey, like, eh, that one hit me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, you, maybe we'll talk about it one you, day. You called it, <laughs> um, you
0: called it uh, your onward, I think. Uh, yes. It's, in many
1: about. respects. Um, in many respects. Outside of, like, it's not a literal translation of my own life, but there are aspects of it that are very literal. They're very close. Like, yeah. like, the, like, the, like, there's no divorce or anything, but there's other things. Other things. Um sure. But, uh, Yeah. But like, yeah, watch Spielberg movies because I mean, clearly at his age, like he's still making incredible work. Like the last couple of movies, we talked about one of them on our show, and um, uh, Villeneuve, obviously is incredible. He's got Dune Part Two coming out. Uh, he's bringing he's bringing Pew when we love Pew on this show dearly, Florence Pew, um, Butler, Austin Butler, and Christopher or- Walken. Christopher Walken. Uh, as yeah. Emperor. Whoa. Tell me honestly. How much of this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how much of this spice do you want right now? <laughs> um, I don't want any. <laughs> now, now I'm just imagining... You hear, you, um, you, 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 <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: You hear that, Paul? <laughs> now I'm just imagining, like, um... Uh, Flo- Florence Pugh is as uh, Princess Errolon going... <laughs>
1: oh my god or just like uh with a creepy smile and a flower dress (laughs) austin
0: butler gets a bear
1: costume (laughs) (laughs) folks listen if you have it listen to the hereditary uh midsummer episode on that note caitlin was great it's it's fun yeah shout out to caitlin how you doing caitlin
0: uh anyway, folks, uh what are your what are your favorite um alien invasion or alien contact movies? Are you upset we didn't discuss contact?
1: Uh Hey, listen, it's got that one incredible shot with Jenna Malone running down the hall and it leads to the mirror. Like that like that's a great shot. It's a great shot for sure. Um, you know, uh
0: which one of these that's is That's the Oprah shot. It's the Oprah shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it back. Oh boy. Um <laughs> yeehaw. Um howdy 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 partner um now listen uh listen uh folks if you're listening to this and you really don't want the show to end i just want to let you know you don't have to go home but you can't stay here
1: yeah that's
0: gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of two dudes one double feature check us out next time
1: have a good night everyone yeehaw Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out as always to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
0: Can you tell me where cornbread is? Turkey!